This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a Fast Break Podcast. I am your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And I'm back after being in Sioux Shitty, Iowa. Real glad to be back. <laughs> is, it really, is it really that bad? It's bad. Um, I've I mean, never the, been. The people are, are lovely. I will, I will, I will give mm-hmm. the credit to the people, the Iowans. Uh, also, lovely. The, the Midwest hospitality. Yes, very, mm-hmm. very nice people. But the town's not for me. I'm glad to be back uh, in the MVP studios mm-hmm. in the shy. Uh, but you might be wondering why we're so damn close. Uh, the MVP studios are leaking. There's a pipe back here uh, that is totally messed up. <laughs> we're just up. getting a swimming pool built in. Exactly. Like Our it. feet are ankle deep in water <laughs> right now. You just can't see it because the way Ricky uh, cut it off. But anyways, uh, to this week we are not doing anything. Any topics. We got the Wet Boys, mm-hmm. and then we're doing our Mock Draft. Hell yeah. Mock Draft 3.0. It is the start of the NCAA tournament. It's been a blast. So far, so good. A 16 over a 1. We're mm-hmm. super excited to do that. But before we jump in, if you're listening on iTunes, don't forget to rate us five stars. The Onside Kick, the Fast Break Podcast, the Primetime Podcast, and the Rick and Jotty Podcast. We love and need your support. Go over there to iTunes and give us that love. Also, check out mostvaluablepodcast.com. You can find t-shirts if you want to rep some MVP merch. That's where you'll find it over there. And also, check out patreon.com slash mostvaluablepodcast if you want to check out the $1 tier, the $2 tier, the $5 tier, or $10 tier, the $10 tier. Uh, we have a patron come on to a podcast monthly. We talk about the top subject that they want to. We hit up our boy Jake. Mm-hmm. Jake's going to most likely be on a podcast on the next week or the really? week after Christian's going to be on the onside kick next week. Look oh, at that. Cool. So you want to check that out and see what that is like. And if you love it, then give us that love over mm-hmm. on patreon.com slash podcast. But boys, let's jump into it. We got our wet boys, the dampest dude, the soggiest of shooters, our moist men, the wet boys of the week. Ricky, who is the player that just absolutely popped off for you this week that you need to give some love to? Well, I'll be honest. You mentioned it earlier in the intro. It's not going to be an NBA player. It's not. I have to go with, especially, hopefully in the NBA. I don't know how it's going to pan out, but got to go with Jarius Lyles, the guard from UMBC, the 16 over the 1. Can't give enough love to the Retrievers. And this was a team I was... Dave tweeting all about them last night. I was all over this. Loved it. UVA, they were my champion. Got that injury. They were not. So I'm happy to see a 16 over one. Got to give the love to Lyles. Putting that up, advancing the bracket. So now we've had a college player. We've had a whole NBA team that, Ricky, you need to put on the board. Yeah, um, and Obviously, we have our, our typical entries. And, Dave, you have a familiar face to the Wet Boys this week. Yeah, I'm just going with Joe Embiid. I'm just going with the old classic. Riding the process. Uh, the dude's been a monster. I mean, two blocks a game. And, I mean, it... Those blocks aren't little blocks. He usually, you know, rocks them back into the stands. Uh, 26 points a game, 12 boards, and honestly just shooting so well. Uh, I love this kid, and I am so excited if they could just get rid of their freaking turnovers. They will be uh, just a team that you do not want to go up against in the playoffs. And I think you missed, but actually you said the uh, the former guy coming back. You, you didn't mean Anthony Davis, right? That's not who you meant? Anthony Davis? Like wow. how many wet boys he's got? Look, I... <laughs> God, I'm just saying the best center in the league, you know. <laughs> with Joe's wet boy, though, he is now third. He's, he's got his third, mm-hmm. which oh. is now tied for second with James Harden, LeBron James, still behind AD, like Ricky mentioned, yep. who's got four. Because um, this is an update, right? You haven't touched I'm it I'm going to do it right now. Okay, so, right. so now we got three for JoJo. And a guy making his appearance along with Jarius Lyles, Toreen Sands-Waller-Prince out of the Atlanta Hawks. You this learned kid, the full name on purpose, didn't you? No, because we were doing our first draft. Uh-huh. Or, uh, my first, I think it was my first mock with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Waller Prince was he, I, he was like really late in the twenty four, and they ended up okay. going up into twelve. So and we were calling him Waller Prince because he was called back in Baylor, but mm-hmm. now now he's just going with uh, Touring Prince. Uh, but for the Atlanta Hawks, Touring Prince absolutely went off the past three games: twenty eight points per game, eight total rebounds per game. Five assists, shooting 50% from the field, 48% from three, and it's a win for the Atlanta Hawks because they lost all three games. <laughs> I was so going to say. They're it, still undefeated. It, it's, the, it's the best thing they can say about the Atlanta Hawks right now, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's sort of a shame, but. Well, and the Atlanta Hawks, him. we're going to be talking about them because they are in the top 10 of the mock draft. So let's just get away from it. Before we do that, though, uh, we'll give an update of the standings. AD is at top, like always, with four wet boys. Now, Joel Embiid tied with LeBron James and James Harden with three. A ton of guys at two. Chris Stapp's not going to make an appearance anymore. Giannis, Ben Simmons, Lou Will, Laurie Markin, Dame almost got a wet boy. I almost close. gave him one. I uh, almost gave him one. A couple more players and a ton of guys at one. But there is, uh, we got some encroachment. LeBron James could have got another one with that dunk over Yusuf Nurkic oh as well. Ridiculous. With that that man has a family, LeBron. <laughs> well, and also what he's doing at 33 years old. Uh-huh. I mean, LeBron yeah. getting up like he did. Absolutely insane. But those are our Wet Boys of the Week. Let us know who you thought popped off this week in the NBA or in college mm-hmm. as well. But let's move in. It is time for the Mock Draft 3.0. A lot of changes have happened, at mm-hmm. least in the bottom half. We've some, you know, some familiar faces uh, near the top. Top five has really stayed the same. But, Ricky, let's just jump right into it. Give us your 1 through 10 in the NBA Mock Draft 3.0. Well, we're going to start off number one. The Memphis Grizzlies going with DeAndre Ayton, the best player in college basketball. After that loss to Buffalo, said, screw it. I'm going to the NBA. There's did, no did question about it. Did he even play in that it. game? He did. There are some questions. There are he some questions, but he said NBA, and he's going to be number one overall to the Grizzlies. Then you got Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., going to the Suns at two. The Hawks taking Marvin Bagley, the um, big from Duke. Some and number four, Trey Young. Mm-hmm. The guard from Oklahoma going to the Orlando Magic. Michael Porter Jr. from Mizzou going to the Cleveland Cavaliers. At number six, Mo Bamba going to the Dallas Mavericks. At seven, the Kings taking Luka Doncic, the guard from overseas. Mikhail Bridges going, it kills me. I wanted to have him follow the Bulls, but I couldn't. He's going to go to the Knicks. Mikhail Bridges from Villanova. However, the Bulls do get Miles Bridges from Michigan State, and then rounding out my top ten, the Hornets going with Colin Sexton, the guard from Alabama. I can't wait to talk about that Kings pick, Ricky. Dave, give us your <laughs> one through ten. My one through ten goes like this. Grizzlies starting off, making the right decision, go with Luka right at number one. Number two, the Suns are going to take DeAndre Ayton. Three, the Hawks are going to take Michael Porter Jr. Four, the Magic going with Jaron Jackson Jr. I feel bad. I, I know Magic, Trey Young. I'm sorry. I broke, the, I broke what I was saying. Uh, five, though, I've got the Cavs taking Trey Young. Six, the Mavs taking Mo Bamba. He's back in my top ten. Seven, I've got the Kings taking Marvin Bagley. The third, uh, I've got the Knicks going Mikhail Bridges. I've got the Bulls going with Miles Bridges. And I have the Hornets running out with Kevin Knox. There you go. The guy from Kentucky and yeah. really carrying that team so far. Kentucky yep. looking dangerous in the tourney. And now let's go to my top 10. At one, the Grizzlies who have lost, what, 19 games in a row, 18 games in a row. Absolutely ridiculous. We don't got to worry they about them tanking, tank mode so hard. Grizzlies absolutely just But the Bulls, we, we got to worry about the Bulls in their tank. <laughs> anyway, still not over it. Grizzlies going in number one with Luka Doncic, uh, the guard from overseas. Number two, Phoenix Suns going with DeAndre Ayton. Three, the Atlanta Hawks going with Marvin Bagley the third. Four, Magic going with Michael Porter Jr. Five, the Cavs via the Nets going Jaron Jackson Jr. Six, the Mavericks going with Mo Bamba. Seven, the Kings going with Mikael Bridges. 
8, the Knicks going with Trey Young. 9, the Bulls going with Miles Bridges. And 10, the Charlotte Hornets getting the replacement for Kemba Walker in Colin cool. Sexton. Well, I'm just saying, I think that Kem- we, we talked about this before, yeah. but Kemba most likely could get shipped. Gonna, yeah, if they're going to be changing up things, uh, he must, most likely will be shipped. So let's jump into it. The first thing we got to talk about is Dave and I have Luka Doncic number one. Mm-hmm. Ricky, you have him at seven to the Kings. So let's go through this a little okay. bit. Why is Luka all the way down there? Because consistently he's been in your top two for the no, past three mock drafts. And I mean, for me, the big thing is one, two especially, is the Grizzlies could have gone. Originally, I had them go with Michael Porter Jr. Then after these last two tourney games, I'm like, you know what? He's not who we thought he was. And I can't put him at number one. And for the Grizzlies, they're a team for me. I am on the mindset of, I know you have Marcus Gasol, trade his ass. Get him out of town. Draft DeAndre Ayton, who's the number one pick in this draft in my mind. Get him, younger center. You can trade Gasol for something, anything in this league. And then the Suns are just, we need to take a big because we were going to go with Ayton. They're going to go with a guy in Triple J. And then as I was going through... The Hawks, the Magic, like the Magic were the one, yeah, Luca could have gone there, but I'm not going to do that to you again. I know we talked about this last week, Dave, not going to get into it right now. I gave you, you got Mario Hazoni, you're not really happy with him, not going to do that to you yet again, Trey Young. And I was going down, it just seemed like, hey, Kings, it seems like a fit. Seems like a fit for them. International well, player. They, this wouldn't be a reach for them either. Like like no, they like to do in the past. Well, the whole thing, this would not be a reach. This no, would be I a know. Gift. To I, that's a Papa John's joke that I threw out oh, there. Okay, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying though, this would be an absolute gift. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, for most people, this mm-hmm. is this is their number one player on their big boards. Yeah. Kodachic. So the fact that he's falling this low is is, is insane. So mm-hmm. looking at this. One question I do have, and, and Dave, you can jump in here. Absolutely. Looking at all of these guys, we look at the potential, and everyone looks at Luka Doncic and saying, oh, he's not athletic, You know, he, he doesn't have the same uh, you know, superstar potential. But one thing we see with Luka is the overall game is there. He's one of the most polished games. But that's not sexy. So the thing with that is you look at you know DeAndre Ayton, monster 7-1. Uh, you look at Jaron Jackson, again, same monster as well, 6'11", a little bit smaller, but still a guy that can look like an absolute monster. Marvin Bagley, probably the most athletic player for his size in mm-hmm. this draft. Mm-hmm. Like Luka Doncic isn't really a sexy pick, and especially with the ways these guys have played in college. You know, Ayton, Jackson, Bagley, Trey Young, Michael Porter. Well, not really Porter, but you know those guys— what they've done so far in college and what they've done in high school, right. going number one international is pretty ridiculous with at least the guys in this draft and the name power that they have. So why does Luka Doncic deserve to go one over all of these other kids, Dave? All right. So in my mind, Luka deserves number one because at 18, like you said, he is polished for his age. He has been playing with professionals for multiple years now. He is competitive on an international scene where the level of competition is higher than what you see in college. He's played against NBA pros with uh, tournaments like the worldwide tournaments. You just see him going against top level talent and showing that he can hold his own against them. And you hear the compliments coming out of guys like Goran Dragic, who were his teammates, and everything is so positive. You hear stuff about his work ethic and his IQ. And I don't, I don't like that they made the comparison. Like he's as committed to the game as like Kobe was. He is. He lives for basketball. Mm-hmm. When he's not playing basketball, he's thinking basketball. He's like working towards his basketball career and the potential for him you know there's all the there's the lazy comparisons of like he's like hyper Manu Ginobili like that could be like higher upside than Manu something somewhere between Manu and James Harden Mm -hmm. because you get the lack of athleticism but at the same time the size the ball handling skills and the ability to contribute and the mind for the game is just so high that they're the only thing that leads to concern honestly for me 
is, you know, how he comes back from this injury. He's been in a little bit of a shooting slump, but then it came out that he's been playing hurt for a little bit. So I think that's the only way in my mind that he would not be the number one pick. I get the not sexy, but the same time, I just respect him overall from a basketball standpoint. Ricky, how much do you think that played into it? Because we've seen these players, mm-hmm. Aiden Jackson, Bagley, Young, Porter, Bamba, all these players play in the tournament in college. We haven't seen Luka really go up against that same competition. Again, I know it's different competition, but we are not seeing Luka Doncic on our TVs every single well, night just because of you know he's overseas. The thing that mm-hmm. goes into it, it's not really that part of it. It's like Dave said with the whole, um, like the he was talking about thinking about basketball like Kobe. But I'm going to go, and this isn't going to be a hot take or anything, but he's not Kobe. Yeah. He's no not sure. like he's not the player to me where I'm going to draft him. Him alone is going to help me get to the NBA Finals is going to. I need a team around him. And that's why we're the Cavs. Yeah, they could draft him. But I look well, at that team on. and, well. Real quick, with mm-hmm. Kobe needed a team around him. He needed Paul. He needed Andrew Bynum. He needed yeah. Shaq. I mean, look at the times where he was putting up 30 but points Kobe a game. He wasn't making Kobe. the playoffs. I'm not saying he's Kobe Bryant. No, no, so, no. I'm not saying you are. I'm not saying you are. It's like the, who, who is the guy out of um, Notre Dame who came out and big like Cam, smart like Tom. Yeah. Like, it's and like I, you want to pull the best as, aspects of these players. And I'm not saying you that's kind of what he's aiming at. And I'm not saying you were. I'm going off on the other side of, but he's not Kobe. Like, he is not that guy to where, like, a, I'm going to LeBron James it of, like, James is on my team. We can win the finals. Like, he's not that player to me. And, like, a Mono Ginobili. If Mono Ginobili didn't have the rest of the Spurs around him, can G- G- uh, Ginobili by himself win them a championship? No. And that's where, like, yeah, he could have went to the Cavs in my mock. Mm-hmm. But no, I want to go with a guy like Michael Porter Jr. want to go with a guy who is probably going to play the four in the NBA. Then you go with the Mavericks. Yeah, they could have, but I'm going to go with the big and a defensive stopper down low and Bamba. And then with the Magic, Magic could have as well. But you know what? I'm going to go with the – that could have been the only one that's the closest. I'll go with the electrifying kid in Trey Young over a Luka Doncic. Okay. Here's one question, though. You talk about winning an NBA championship. Mm-hmm. We saw DeAndre Ayton's team get absolutely blown out by Buffalo because they stopped the guards and they weren't able to get the ball down low mm-hmm. to DeAndre Ayton. We've seen Michael Porter Jr. come back not 100% from his injury. We've seen that the quickness isn't there. We've seen that the lateral movement isn't there. Again, he's saying that he's 60 to 7%, so we got to take that into effect. But again, we don't know what Michael Porter Jr. is going to be. Marvin Bagley is still going to be the same player. He's not going to be a guy that's going to be bringing the ball up. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be able to take over games exactly like a LeBron James or Kobe is. So you're talking about... You know, I think it's right now uh, six six bigs before Luka Doncic there, where Luka is a primary ball handler. The only guy that isn't is Trey Young. What makes those guys more worth it to go with? You know, those players because over I, Luka the, Doncic. The thing going I look at least with, with most your point, of these going at least with your you know thing of you know this well, player will take me to an NBA final. I look at most of these teams: Grizzlies, Suns, Hawks, Cavs, Mavericks, Magic. They all have a primary ball handler. They all have a guy to where it's like, he's my primary ball handler. Do the Magic? The, the do Mag- the Suns? The Mag- I would say so, that the, the Suns do. I mean... They don't have a facilitator. I would say... I'm not I saying facilitator. I mean, they facilitator. have right now. I mean, yeah, but, but he's not for sure going to be there. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing where... But the Suns, to me, they're a team where it's... They're going big. Like, they are banking on if the pick is where it is right now, they're banking DeAndre Ayton falls them. They are going with a big guy, I believe, with their first-round pick, no matter what it is. Every other team, though, like especially with the Cavs with LeBron, you got Dennis Smith in Dallas. You've got um, the Magic are the one where, okay, but like I'm giving them the DJ um, Augustine's not the future? No, it's not. But like the Hawks have Schroeder. The yeah. Grizzlies have Conley mm-hmm. to where I'm like, you know what? Let me sure up my backcourt. 
instead of that. And it's like Doncic, I'll be honest, I the whole international thing, I'm not really solid on is he going to be the piece to help me win a championship in the NBA? Because even with college, you can't really do the whole, well, how many championships did you win in college? Because, well, like, Steph didn't win one. Durant didn't win one. Well, how different. many guys? Yeah. I, I, there's you so have, many teams. You have it's one like, year to really hit gold, and then you're done if you're a good player. Unless so. you're Steph, you get, like, two well, or three Yeah, but then again, he was That's, on a mid-major. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but, like, it's just because you didn't – It's I don't care what your, like, your success part – of where you are mm-hmm. is not going to mean that, like, oh, I won a championship in college, I won a championship overseas, doesn't mean I'm going to win an NBA Finals. Well, and one thing I want to bring up is just the reason why I went Grizzlies with Luka is just because he seems like a player that mm-hmm. fits that Memphis mold. He's a great all-around basketball player. Again, he's not going to wow you. I mean, he's going to wow you with some some of the passes. I mean, some of the passes he's been pulling off overseas yeah. have been absolutely ridiculous. But overall, he's not going to be the most impressive player on a court. Marvin Bagley probably is the most impressive impressive player like watching him on the floor Mm -hmm. like this kid has every skill all around but the one thing is that you know Luka Doncic can be relied on for so many different things and that seems like a Memphis pick you look at Mike Conley Mike Conley is a two-way guard Marcus Gasol was a defensive player of the year, and now he's shown that he's one of the best offensive bigs as well. I mean, Marcus Gasol is probably one of the most underrated bigs for the yeah. past couple of years. He's consistently a top five big in the league, but he doesn't get that respect because he's out in Memphis. You see all of these players that you know are, are just well-rounded basketball players in Memphis, and I feel like that's just a natural fit for what they look for in players. And I think that should be something that every team should look at because if the Grizzlies go Aiton, the Suns looking at him. Doncic could be a perfect fit for them because you look at that three spot for mm-hmm. for Luca. Luca most likely is going to be defending threes, probably twos, mm-hmm. or you know, it, it's not really sure where he's going to be right. defensively. But he at least fits that role because right now they have Josh Jackson, but Josh Jackson can always move to the two. Um, we see that as well, but they can always flip, and we saw that Josh Jackson can be a great defender as well. Oh so he's you know, really come on well late in the season too. So Josh Jackson could be the guy that takes over for whoever is you know the better player offensively, and Luca can just switch to the other one. Devin Booker, Booker can just take the worst offense. You just trying to hide that man. <laughs> exactly. You can have so many different you know switches defensively yeah. for them, and then offensively, we've seen Luca be you know the, show the ability to be at least a primary ball handler for a team, and that's what the Suns need. They have Bender, they have Chris. They don't need a ton of size they can always bring back Tyson Chandler I think he's still under contract for another year as well so they don't really need to address that big situation I feel like if I'm a team and I'm an NBA GM I'm looking for a player that I know is going to be at least a player that's going to be here for the next 10 years and Luca, I feel like isn't going to bust he might not be a superstar but I think he's consistently going to be a starter in the NBA and I know there's so many sexy picks like Aiton Jackson Bagley Trey Young Michael Porter but none of these guys are for sure things you're just picking them off their body mm-hmm. and what they could become where Doncic is right now pretty much not a finished product but there's not a lot of work for him to do he can step in day one and be an NBA starter and not be you know hidden he might come in you know average 15 5 and 5 I mean he can be a well yeah. all-rounded player and that's the thing where with the Suns and even the Grizzlies were one of the main reasons why I'm like go with DeAndre Ayton number one is not just because of what we've seen this season with mm-hmm. Ayton but you mentioned Marc Gasol, and I look at Gasol, and it's like, yeah, could you be underrated? Yeah. But A, I think that the um, – I want to use the word fit, but I'm not sure if that's entirely what I want to use. Okay. The whole situation in Memphis, I think Memphis and Gasol need a divorce. They mm-hmm. just need to break apart. 
you're we're not good for you. You're not good for us. Plus, it's like he's by the time he's a free agent, he's going to be 35. Yep. Am I going to want to re-sign him and then have to worry about that position right now when I could be the number one pick and get a guy like DeAndre well, Ayton? Same thing with the Suns. Tyson Chandler's mm-hmm. 35 right now. Yeah. yeah, he can sign for a one-year deal, but you're kicking that can down the road. Well, yeah. the thing is, like Tyson Chandler, is mm-hmm. he's not relying on his age, really, for his yeah. game at this point. He's got old man game, and he does it well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's you have to respect that. Marcus Saul, like I think that he will still be a valuable player at 35. Like that's not a problem in my mind. My question comes to DeAndre Ayton had made previous comments about I'm a power forward. Damn I'm it. not a center. I was gonna bring that up. So if he's if he's playing the Anthony Davis game of like I don't want to be center. I want to be a power forward. Get me somebody to work next to and him fitting in. I could see where he could fit in next to mm-hmm. a Marcus Saul. I could see how that could work out. But I also think that like it just. For him, maybe that's a better spot for him, and he knows that. And it's just, I, I, are you concerned at all if he doesn't want to play center for you? Um, I mean, with me, I'm a little bit because, like, the one thing when I looked at like his film compared to Bagley is most of his outside shots, he was really around the rim guy. Where it's like, give me the mid range, give me um, around the rim. If he stepped out from three. It was like, it's not going to be that great, DeAndre. And with but, my four, with my four in today's NBA, I would like more of a stretch four than the power four. But we have seen Aiden near the elbow, near the top of the key. He's got a pretty sweet jumper. I mean, like for his mm-hmm. size right now, it's still a work in progress. Yeah. I mean, oh, Joel, he can Joel, work on the shot. Yeah, but Joel, right now, I, mean, I don't trust that three ball. No, no, but I'm saying like I'm saying mid range game. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to be stretching the floor exactly like yeah, you know, like a stretch, like a like Kristaps. Yeah, like a Kristaps has, but or you or know, like how Laurie for the Bulls, like we exactly him to be the stretch four. But, but you can at least move him out of the paint. Yeah. And Aiton's shown that he's got a decent jumper from that size. And but we saw he that does j- have a hammer too when he gets into the paint. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I mean, he's going to be able to work. I mean. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be similar, probably to not exactly uh, Jaws game, mm-hmm. but like at least from that <laughs> from from the top of the key to, yeah. to the to the rim. That's where Aiton's going to work. Exactly, mm-hmm. you know, they're different players. Yeah, Jaws was so smooth down low. Um, I'm not saying Aiton, you know, does it doesn't have a smoothness to his game, but Jaws' offensive game was just ridiculous. Yeah. With, you know, working from uh, 15 feet in. Um, so that's the one thing with Aiton is you know obviously there's concerns there because he's not a natural three point shooter but Anthony Davis coming out of college wasn't mm-hmm. a natural three point shooter Joe's worked oh, on his, Joe shooting, Joe's worked on his shooting you can from, work on exactly like, so, you can work on shooting there's a reason why Aiton's my number one pick and again just going with that um, and and thanks for bringing it up Dave because mm-hmm. I was going to they you saw the lineup with Ristich mm-hmm. and Aiton Aiton was playing more of the four he's defined as a f- uh, forward on the Arizona website. It's just something that I don't think that really worries me. I kind of like that, saying that I am a forward because it just shows that you have, you know what you are, and you you have a, that confidence in yourself, and I like that confidence. I know some people are kind of driven away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some some people with like Baker Mayfield. That's exactly in, it. in the NFL. You know, they're just taken away from his confidence. Right. I like that confidence mm-hmm. in, in not only yourself but also you know what you're able to do on the floor. I think, I think it's something yeah. that you might need to work on because <laughs> he might not be exactly a four in the NBA right now. But again, you can work on it to get him up to that spot. To me, then that solidifies like every point you're making then is to me mm-hmm. more ammo for my basket to have the Aiton and number one because who would you rather have? DeAndre Aiton at your four or Jamichael Green, Jarrell Martin, uh Ivan Rabb or Bryce Johnson. Yeah, no, I there's also free agency, but at the same time exactly. like, I totally get it. Like 
that's I think it's only possible that he can do this now because you've seen the success of KP mm-hmm. with a with a true center next to him and Enos Cantor. You've seen what Boogie, Boogie and plus AD. AD. You've seen what Cat can do when he has a center and he gets to play mm-hmm. at that four. Like mm-hmm. there's so many guys who have been able to open up their game because the NBA is starting to realize just because you're seven feet tall doesn't mean you have to be within three feet of the rim anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's actually the best possible move for him because. Honestly, like his offensive post game is good, mm-hmm. but like defensively, like the man has no IQ. I would like, even it's, yeah. he, he he for his mm-hmm. for his size, his wingspan, he's being outperformed by smaller guys, and that's where I'm like, if you put him at the four, he has the speed enough for his size to actually keep up with fours. So I think that's actually like I almost want to push him. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you're totally right. Let's keep you at the four, and I, I think that regardless, like he can go between, but. I'm on the side of four is probably the right answer. Just the one more I want to throw in there, kind of like I think of Draymond Green as well, where it's like, you know what, we don't need you to play the center because we've got, of course, it's a throwaway center for the Warriors in most cases. Zaza, well, the the ankle breaker, literally. Um, But having that there, they can move him out too. Well, and the one thing too that I just want to go up and tie tie to Mm -hmm. Eaton, Doncic thing, Mm -hmm. up in a bow is just the the Carl Anthony Towns situation where Cat has no defensive IQ, doesn't really seem like he cares defensively. The one difference though with Aiton and Carl Anthony Towns is offensively, I have more belief in Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, yeah. Because the thing is, is that right now, DeAndre Ayton is big and he's mm-hmm. very athletic. I mean, there's a play mm-hmm. uh, in a game at Oregon where he gets the ball at half court. He's dribbling up. No one picks him up and he just attacks the rim and it's <laughs> disgusting. Like, I was afraid. Like, I'll check under my bed for DeAndre Ayton. But again, I don't know if he has that offensive. Uh, that all-around offensive game like Cat does right. where, you know, you look at the number one overall pick. I want a player that I'm going to be sure that's going to be able to give me everything that I need that in the last you know two minutes he can do whatever I need him to do. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to get that defensive you know side out of him. So when I look that's at Luka, Luka all around, that's why he's number one for me. And that's why I think that he should be number one for most teams is, yes, he might not be the most sexiest pick out there. But he is the most all-around and natural basketball player. He's a Swiss Army knife. That that's exactly what he is in my mind. But anyways, let's move away from the Luca talk. Ricky having him down at seven. Rick, Dave and I having him at one. We talked a little about, bit about DeAndre Ayton. Let's talk about some of these bigs here: Jaron Jackson, Marvin Bagley, Michael Porter Jr., Mo Bamba. All these guys in our top seven. Yeah, seven. Where Dave has him, uh, Mar- Marvin Bagley going to the Kings. Um, let's talk a little bit about these guys. Let's focus on Porter first. You guys talked about him last week. We've seen now uh, two games out of him, the SEC tournament and the game against Florida State. Again, he doesn't look like he's healthy out there. He doesn't look like he's really attacking the basketball. But one thing that I did like in the SEC game is that he was consistently calling for the ball late in that game. Mm-hmm. And I like that mentality from him. He, he, the shots weren't there. He had one of, <laughs> one of the threes. The shots weren't falling for him. But something in me just says that this is something that is just an injury-based thing. He wasn't ready to come, come and play. He wasn't sure if he was 100% healthy, but he wanted to be there for his team. I felt like that was something that really shows the character of him. And looking at him, what he's been able to do before, I think that this is mostly his performance was hindered by his injuries and he just wasn't ready to come back. And I'm still not weary on what he's going to be in the NBA. It's just really what is he going to show in the combine? And if he shows out and has a great combine, then this kid's the number one player in my draft. Mm -hmm. If if the Grizzlies are picking number one, I'm going Michael Porter Jr. If he comes out and has a great combine. I originally had that until after last night. I looked and I was like... I know you can't base it off of one game, but, like, I just couldn't do it. And, like, for me, having him at the Cavs 
we were discussing before the podcast, like, is he going to be a three? Is he going to end up being a four in the NBA? And let's say he even is a four. Mm -hmm. The Cavs, to me, if LeBron stays, they don't need him to play three. He's not going to play guard or any of the guard positions. You can have him play center and kind of do a little mix matching with like a Love, a TT, a Porter down there. And he doesn't have to be the main guy for Cleveland. So I just feel like he's like, that's like redundant for me because you have Kevin Love under contract still. Mm -hmm. I, and I, I get it. Like Porter's different from Love, but just, it seems like a loaded position or already. If Love gets injured. He's been getting injured the yeah, past couple yeah, of years. No, that, that actually fair enough point. For me, I just think it's—I agree that the speed isn't there, and it comes down to if you can't have the speed to keep up with the threes in the NBA, I have no problem moving him to the four. He has a body to play at four. Oh, like, he looks massive He will there. build out. Like, yeah, that that not a concern for me. It's more so, like, how well is he going to be able to get back to real in-game shape? And mm. honestly, like, how he forced himself into lap. You said calling for the ball a lot was good for you. For me, it concerned me because I feel like he came back— and that team didn't look like a team anymore. That team yep. had been successful without him. And honestly, he threw off their game plan in my mind because he tried to insert himself into that team and was like, nah, I'm back. It's my show. I'm not disagreeing with that. I, I think it's 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 concerning for the Missouri basketball team yeah, that but, that happened. But mm -hmm. we're talking about the NBA prospects of this right. kid. And the fact that he demand like it wasn't even the fact that he probably demanded it. I think people just knew he was back, and they're like, "Okay, it's Michael's team now." Like <laughs> I think that was the thing. It's just like they knew the presence of Michael Porter Jr. They knew what he can bring to the floor, right. and even though that he wasn't 100, percent they're like, "All right, we got to change the game to get him involved." And it wasn't really they were force feeding or anything. Like they were giving him the ball, and he was you know trying to work. It was definitely not 100 percent because they weren't able to get shooters open, and they were doing yeah. that a ton during the season. Um, and it, it obviously hurt their team as they lost two games with Mike back in the, the lineup. But I still look at it, and I think that he is such a presence on the basketball floor that it's just going to be too hard for teams to pass up if he shows back and comes up healthy. The one thing that was surprising watching him play, though, is how big he actually is. Because, yeah. I mean, when you hear 6'10", you're like, okay. But, like, you felt like he was going to be a little bit mm -hmm. smaller, maybe comparable to, you know, LeBron's size at least. But... He even looks like weirdly enough like bigger than KD, and KD you know is constantly talked about being like seven feet tall. But like yeah, like size wise, like it, it, he looked more of like an Anthony Davis out there mm. than he he did an actual like six ten forward. So I, I don't think he is a three. I think I agree yeah. with you on that. But I think that he isn't going to be a, a, a stretch four. I think that he might have the ability to at least you know in some cases run sets where he is the guy that can at least handle the ball because he's got some sweet handles. Um, the passing wasn't there to my liking, yeah. uh, but then again, we I, I can blame a little bit on that on injuries, and I still look at him, the body and the athleticism of, of him. I still think that he has the potential to still go number one. It's just the injuries that are holding me back from putting him number one. That's the thing, like that back injury and how he looked coming back. Where, you know, am I concerned about either relapses or maybe you know if there's anything where you know didn't quite heal all the way and he's pushed himself to come back early? I know he's medically cleared, but he wasn't in game shape. Mm -hmm. So that's for me. It's just that lingering concerns always back there. And I, I agree. If he balls out at the combine, you know, he is a fantastic talent with you know in, insane potential. But at the same time, that back injury plus you know what kind of shape are you going to show up in? Are you going to be able to keep yourself? you know, built like a brick shit house, or are you going to turn around and, you know, slow it down, get, you know, it, it's just, it's too much of a question mark for me to have him any higher than three right now. I think the Hawks, for me, I've got him going to the Hawks because of that. I'm like, this is a team who could use someone who can take over games. Mm -hmm. And I agree that that he can do. It's just, 
the injury concern is there. So maybe they get lucky and he he comes back, looks good, and they get him at three and it's a steal. Or maybe, you know, he has some questions still and who knows how bad if he falls. Yeah, and the one thing too with me going with Magic, I know that's not a great fit because you look at Aaron Gordon right there, you look at the size of that Magic team. They just need another starter. That's what they I mean, need. yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's not a natural fit there. Um, but again, I, I just look at uh, Michael Porter Jr. and I think that he's too big of a star to pass up. And mm-hmm. it's something where I just got to – I feel like, you know, coming into the year, he was still my number one player. And seeing him on the floor, it hurt his stock in my mind just because he wasn't 100% there. But even at 60 and 70%, just what he kind of demanded on the floor and, – and it wasn't even seem like it was a vocal demand, but just what he demanded on the floor and the attention that he drew from other teams. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just a sign of respect that I think that just talks about what his, actually, what his game is at 60%. Like, they were – you're not really game planning it for him, but they were, you know, looking to slow him down as much as yeah. possible. He they didn't got... want to get him started because that Mizzou team would just kickstart <laughs> if they started going. So that was one mm-hmm. thing that you saw Florida State do, and I think I, I can't think of the team that they played in the uh, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. That they, that they did um, that they really just try to take him out of the ball game and mm-hmm. make him play four on five, which they did successfully. But 100% Michael Porter Jr. isn't going to do that. So I look at the fit. The fit really isn't there for the Magic, but I think with the Magic, you got to go BPA. Mm-hmm. They have Isaac. You have uh, Aaron Gordon. Uh, but I feel like you, you, you. There's even trade talks about Aaron Gordon. I just feel like you need to go with the star, and the biggest star on that board right now is Michael Porter Jr. And that's why they go with him at four. Question for you, mm-hmm. even more, and this isn't necessarily game because I know he's so polarizing. Bigger star than Trey Young, yes. Because Trey Young is technically still on your board at that time. Yeah, I would say that Trey Young. I would say it's like if you're different. the Magic yeah. and you're going star, like well, it's. Different in the fact that I'm I'm saying more of what he can turn into. Yeah, like right you're now, you're talking potential. Yeah. I'm talking what they are right now. Yeah, well, yeah, Trey Young's a bigger mm-hmm. star, no question. Yeah. Trey Young was the the media. Lead, he's still leading scorer mm-hmm. in college basketball. I mean, he was he was ridiculous this year. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying more of you know. I mean, Jimmer was the biggest star mm-hmm. in you know that draft, but he wasn't. He didn't yeah. end up being the biggest star. I'm saying I'm talking <laughs> potential wise. What? Just, just the Jimmer reference. Well, I it's like... true. Jimmer was the biggest star in that <laughs> I draft. Look, I looked at Dave like, wow, anyone from BYU basketball team being the big star, man. Yeah. It's, Jimmer was the Naismith player of the year. He was I the biggest was. star, dropping 32 points a hey, game. Buddy Heald was an award winner. Put some respect on it. Um, so, I mean, like, I'm talking potential-wise. I think Porter Jr. can be the biggest star mm-hmm. in, in the yeah. draft. So uh, that's, that's where I think that the Magic will just go with the biggest star, even though the fit really isn't there. And, Ricky, while I, I like the fit to the Cavs, you know, at least Porter Jr. on the Cavs, it's just something that I, I don't know if that's going to work with the, the current dynamic of them and looking at that team I wouldn't be shocked I mean Trey Young's already off the board on you but I think that if the Cavs had a choice there especially with the looming possibility of LeBron leaving with Lucas still on the board I think they would go Luca if the if on the Cavs like I said, you bring it up could have gone there yeah could have gone there. I yep. feel like that would be the pick at the Cavs if Lucas still on the board and Porter Jr's on the floor Luca's more of a fit and Luca's also more of a trade bait I would say because he is healthier and we know what we're going to get out of them. But anyways, uh, out of these bigs outside of Aiden, or if you like a, a big better than Aiden, you just want to put them there. Uh, who do you, uh, out of the bigs that we have, Aiden, Bagley, Porter Jr., because we count him as a four now, Jaron Jackson, Mo Bamba, what prospect do you like the best? What what player would you feel, if you had the choice of any of these guys, would you go with as your choice? Mo Bamba. And the reason why is... Over Aiden, really? No, no, you're saying you behind Aiden. Of Aiden. No, I was saying I was including Aiden. Oh, oh. Aiden's my number one. Okay, and then like, both, Bamba's no two. Bamba, I almost had Bamba go two to the Suns. Only yeah. because, like, the I look at Bamba and it's all for... Right now, he's my fourth. But I feel like when all said is... 
all said is done. I know I said that weird, yep, but just roll with it. Yep. I even thought about it too because I knew yeah. I was going to say it wrong. But when everything is all said and done, that's what oh, I meant to say. I think that we could be looking back at Mo Bamba being like, man, there's a lot of teams that passed on him that shouldn't have passed on him. Yeah, he's got to bulk up a little bit. He's a guy that in his game, defensively, I like him. I like what he brings offensively down low. I seriously look at he can the three ball isn't completely there. I think he can develop that though and be a guy that can he's a big that can play in out and be a defensive rim stopper. Well, the one thing that I liked about shouldn't his have game, been called for that foul either. Yeah, mm. yeah I didn't like that game. The one thing that I want to bring up real quick. This is totally not about prospects, mm-hmm. but uh, DeAndre Ayton, uh, not Bagley, but DeAndre Ayton, uh, Mo Bamba, Trey Young, Colin Sexton. All of these guys are the only players on their team. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, not that great. I mean, Roach had a nice game in the tournament for Texas. Uh, Count Sexton has that kid who can shoot from the outside. I can't think of his Trae name right Young now. Trey Young had a bunch of guys who turned over the basketball. Yeah, Trey Young's team sucked. And Aiden uh-huh. technically um, had a couple guys who were thought to be good, but no yeah. show the season pretty Raleigh much. Alkins and then uh, Lonzo Trier. And then Lonzo Trier. Um, all those guys were just bad at basketball. So, I mean, like, <laughs> like we had some of those guys in our in our yeah. first mock. There's a reason none of the Arizona mm-hmm. guards or forwards besides Aiden are in our first round because that team stopped caring. These guys, they stopped caring, and it's just something where it's just like none of these guys had help around them. And when you look at Mo Bamba and DeAndre Ayton, they had no one to get them the ball. So they could just mm-hmm. focus in on DeAndre Ayton and uh, Mo Bamba and just take them out of the game. So that's one thing that I, I just look at. And you really can't base a ton off of what they did in college, mm-hmm. except when they were able to create. So, like, yeah. you can't look at stat sheets for DeAndre Ayton and Mo Bamba or Trey Young and Count Sexton mm-hmm. because they were asked to do so much or they weren't able to do exactly However, what they needed to Martin do and Bagley Bamba is and different because like he's the he's the one big that has the most complete team around him. That's yeah. true. And he's That's also true. probably the most you know impressive player on the floor. Like I know that before the podcast I know this is only one game and don't take too much into it but you look at the last tournament game that they just played Today, where it was like, we're talking, oh, Wendell Carter Jr. is leading store. Oh, look at Gary Trent Jr. And then Dave over here talking smack on Bagley. Like, oh, what's Bagley doing? He's not doing it. Because he, yeah. he doesn't have to do yeah. anything. And, but, but, and then still, he finishes at the league score with like yeah. 22 points. Yeah. I mean, that that's fair. And I, I totally get it. I just. That's because someone opinions. slipped him a stat sheet and said, hey, mm-hmm. Marvin, pick it up. Jaron yeah. Jackson also has a pretty good, say, complete mm-hmm. team around him. Yeah, but Jaron Jackson, the thing is, like, he. I, I love Jaron Jackson. I think all he needs to do is, like, quick gain in foul trouble. But I think that's part of, like, the physical. Physical mm-hmm. defense that Michigan State that does, brings. yeah, that's fine. But like, I think he is like the prototype for what you want in a four or five. Like this guy stretches the floor, shoots well, defends amazingly well. Like you talk about Mo Bamba and his his like wingspan and his defense. Like mm-hmm. Jaron Jackson's doing more with less, mm-hmm. and that's what's well, impressive to me. There's a reason why Triple J is my second big, which I love board. that you finally gave him the respect because before I, I wanted was like, to put. What? I'll be honest, I wanted to put Bamba there. Yeah. I did. I really wanted to put Mo I, Bamba. I there. just think that they're like. That, that's the thing. He Bamba is special mm-hmm. in the fact that I don't know. We've seen like two guys with similar uh, wingspan to him and defensive prowess. But like, I just I look at Jaron Jackson. I'm like, this is exactly what you want. If you're an NBA like uh, GM and you're like, what what does a four mean to you? What does a five mean to you? Mm-hmm. Like that guy, yeah. that guy right there. It's hard to disagree with that. And and there's a, like, and you look at my board: Aiton, Bagley, Porter Jr. All go before Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. It's just one thing that I look with Jaron Jackson. I think the fit for the Cavs is absolutely beautiful because I don't think he is ever going to be a guy that takes over a game. Yeah. I don't think he's ever going to be a you know a Tim Duncan where he's like the best <laughs> one of the best players yeah. on the floor out there. I don't think he's going to be that guy. You know, like an Anthony Davis, Demarcus Cousins kind of player. I think he just might be again a like in, in kind of the 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 vein of uh, Luca. 
where he just has an all-around game that works in team basketball. I, I don't exactly. think he's, he's. I don't think he's ever going to be. Uh, I, I don't know if he's going to be a star. I'm not going to say he's never going to be a star because you know that's just ridiculous. But yeah. I don't know if he's ever going to be a star. But he's always going to be a starter. And I think he's always going to consistently be on the floor and consistently be a positive for teams. And that's something that he might not light up the stat sheet in the NBA, but he's consistently going to be doing everything well for a team. But that's why, you know, Porter Jr., I think he can be an absolute star. Aiton mm-hmm. and Bagley, I think they have those abilities to really take over games where I don't know if Jackson has that ability. That's why I have him at five. But, you know, people, you know, look yeah. at the body and the four or five and the way he plays his game, totally understand why he's, you know, some of the Yeah, the question picks. is, you know, as, as the minutes increase and the workload increases, is he going to be your second best player or third best player? Like, mm-hmm. I think that, I think you're right. I don't expect him to go out and be the stud on a team. I, I'm not ruling it out, but I'm saying, like, I can see him being that guy who can contribute at a high level at, like, 30 minutes a game. That, in my mind, that is exactly, like, that's his fit for me. I still have Porter going ahead of him. I still have Aiton going ahead of him because, like you said, the potential to be the one on a team is so high that I think that va- that value jumps them. But I don't believe that Bagley has that same potential. Well, and that's the thing. That's why my number one big is even over Aiton mm-hmm. is Porter Jr. If we're if we're putting him as a as a, a big four, now, yeah. if we're putting him as a four, he's he's the number one guy because I think I look at him and I think Bagley and Porter Jr. have the ability to be ones on a team. And the player that I trust the most to do that is Michael Porter Jr. Wouldn't I, logic though tell you that? Because didn't you say like two seconds ago he's your number one overall? Yeah, yeah but I'm just I, I'm already <laughs> stating we're, we're, yeah, we're having a conversation but now about your who's number, your favorite big. But yeah, yeah. But if he's your number one, and then you move into the big. Of course, he's gonna be the number one big. I'm just throwing it into the conversation, Rick. You, the question was who's your favorite big outside of eight? And I'm saying even with eight, number common one. Common sense, Porter. logic. Yeah. All right, I'm just all right. it was a it was a while on the podcast. We're in a jump cut. Anyways, that was the talk about the bigs. Now let's go to the guards. Trey Young, Colin Sexton. I said this before mm-hmm. that Colin Sexton is a better NBA prospect than Trey so, Young. I said this, I think, on a mock draft. The only reason why I have him below is I think he has a better fit on the Knicks. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm can I take the floor for a second? Yeah, I go ahead. Say something. Uh, so I have to eat crow a little bit. And the oh. reason why was on my big board, I had uh, Colin Sexton like 20, I want to say. Or like oh, the most 16. recent one? Yeah, the most recent yeah. one. This was heading into the conference tournaments. Oh, okay. I had him in our first segment, which was Is that because like you just didn't watch Colin Sexton play? No, I did. That all year, I just boy. didn't. I just didn't. <laughs> Three on five versus Minnesota. I looked Sorry. at it, and I was like, it was what we talked about. I'm like, you know what? He's great for his team, but that's all his team has. Mm-hmm. And then he balls out in the conference tournament. So, of course, mm-hmm. NBA draft is not the exact same as a big board. I got him at 10. But I had to say that because I know there's going to be a few people that are like, oh, Ricky, I thought you had him uh, 16 on your big board for the last one. He's going to be a little higher on the last yeah, one. Yeah, but he is still behind Trey Young across no, yeah. the board for all of us. I think that's mm-hmm. because what Trey Young can bring to the table, which is just mm-hmm. bonkers level of shooting and Honestly, his assist numbers are mm-hmm. already amazing, but they could well, be better if he had talent around him, which is scary. Well, and the, again, I want to bring up that his his points are ridiculous, his assists are crazy, and yes, they could be higher with his teammates, mm-hmm. but looking at that team, there's a reason he has literally the, one of the highest it's usages usage. in college yeah. basketball history. That man is is being used 40% of the time. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. That doesn't happen, ever. Like, that's just... Outside of like mid-major schools, people from the you know the 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 me the MEAC conference, I don't know, I'm just throwing the American conference. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen in big schools from the Big Twelve. That doesn't happen. Like BYU, sure, Davidson, yeah. This is the most usage on a player in a top five power five school ever. Like Trey Young was being asked to do so much. 
And that's one thing with Trey Young is we saw everything great with Trey Young. We saw everything okay about Trey Young, and we saw everything terrible about Trey Young. So we yeah. have seen everything we need to see out of Trey Young. Like we haven't seen anything mm-hmm. like, oh, what are questions about this? What are questions about that? We have not. We're not going to be surprised what Trey. Young I does do have one yet. question for you guys actually, um, and that's just because we've seen him have to carry this load. So, what do you think he looks like when he's not the best player on well, his team? And I want to get. Do in. you think he can play team ball? <laughs> I want to get into that a little bit because during the Oklahoma this last tournament loss to mm-hmm. Rhode Island, I had one of our Twitter followers, one of mine, Mike Two K underscore seven ninety seven, sent me at Ricky Widmer. Thoughts on Trey Young's so- shot selection. This is going to get into that draft thing yeah. that you said. And I said, miss 35-footer or teammate turnover, same result. I'll take my chances on the shot. Kind of sunglass emoji. And then Mike said, my concern is that um, is if this overvolume deep shot selection continues at the next level. I don't think so. I don't think that's going to be because I'm hoping that whatever team, and for the Magic, that would not happen because they have 11 starters, mm-hmm. um, that the team that he has right now, it's, yeah, I'm going to take this shot. I'm going to take all these shots because if I give it to you, you're going to turn it over and we don't get the basket. At least I know my ability, and it's a 50-50 chance that we make this basket. Mm-hmm. Well, like so 40, but yeah. You get my point. Yeah. I don't think that that's going to go over into the next level because I'm assuming that, and I know it's a lot of assuming, that he's going to have more of a complete team around him at the next level than he did at Oklahoma. My big question with Trey Young, and I think that his— I think that, again, looking at him, I'm not worried about the team basketball aspect because, again, he was trying to win games there, mm-hmm. knowing that that was most likely his last season in college. I'm, I would be shocked if it doesn't come out or yeah. if he hasn't declared already. Yeah, um, I just haven't heard news. I know Aiton has. Um, but with Trey Young— Aiton couldn't do it soon enough. Yeah, he did it right in the post <laughs> Um But with Trey Young, it's it's just something that he needed to win games. So that's why he's taking those shots. And I think that you know it's going to be— there in the NBA, but I think it's going to show itself more in the playoffs when it gets there because it's going to be more of a pressure to win games mm-hmm. because when you're in an 82-game season, you can lose some games where you know, like, all right, hey, I'm going to pass it off to Aaron Gordon because we're trying to get easier buckets. Like, we're trying to get back in this game. Like, he can, he has the ability to take over and possibly mm-hmm. take some terrible shots, but I think it's going to be at the right time. He was trying to do that because he knew that his teammates well, around him at Oklahoma were doing absolutely nothing. He was the only guy that I, could do something. And I think that was a weird balance for Trey Young. By the way, his the last thing on him in NBA draft stock is mm-hmm. his father wants him to heavily consider oh. coming back to school. His dad what? wants him to heavily. Well, he's a Norman, Oklahoma guy. Oh, okay. he's, like His it, family's yeah. from Norman. That I can see why, but I think his dad the, played at Texas Tech too. I don't know exactly. You'd know more yeah. on that than I would, um, mainly because you probably looked into it. But the thing with Trey Young that I even saw with the last game is it was kind of like a weird war going on in his head where it's like, I want to try to take over the game to win, but I don't want to be a selfish player. Yeah. And kind of balancing the selfishness with the unselfishness going on. But I don't think it's selfishness. Because no, that, it's that, not. See, like, it, it, there's a difference between selfishness the and coming up. Yeah, right. It's just something where you just have confidence. Again, it's going mm-hmm. going back to confidence. He just had confidence in himself that he's going to be able to do this more than his teammates, it's like which Steph. has been proven Steph true throughout confidence. the whole year. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, we we know that like this is something that again he's trying to win a game. Mm-hmm. He's trying to advance the NCAA tournament. Like. Throughout the year, he has not been a selfish player. To get demolished player. by Duke, that would have happened. Okay, but still, winning <laughs> still, a game is winning a game. No, you're going to be, you're yeah. gonna be in that game to at least have a shot. You don't know if mm-hmm. it's going to happen. No, exactly. not, you could be a 16, upset of one. Each exactly. game is its own thing. You exactly. Know? And the thing the thing is just like, 
He saw what he was getting from his teammates, not only in mm-hmm. that game, but also throughout the season. He knew that their best chance of winning was Trey Young taking yeah. over. And I bet his coach oh, was is. like, all right, Trey, start shooting. Mm-hmm. Like, And we saw it. He comes up the floor. He's yeah. got two uh, uh, Rhode Island guards next to him. Mm-hmm. And he fires up, I think, even further than an NBA three. Yeah. I think he was, it was on the logo almost. Yeah, like I, think three it was, steps in. I think it was on the right of the logo or something <laughs> yeah. like that. And he hits it. It was nothing but net. And you're just like, that's what I want to see in a player because he has that confidence and he, he, he knows the need of what he needs from his team and it's to hit a big shot. I'm going to stop you right there because that's, that's not what we okay. need to see. It's okay, Kanye. 20, 22 seconds on the shot clock, and he just literally just jacks a shot. Doesn't even attempt to run a play. Mm-hmm. Doesn't try to get a better look. But, He's like, nah, it's on me. I mean, but that's but the it, thing. I guess that. No it had trust to be. in the team. Right. But do you think that, you know, he – I guess the question for me is, like, do you think he has that mentality because it's a product of the system? And yes. do you think it can be retaught him to play yes. and run plays for guys, run through, yes. you know, different things, different sets? let him talk. Oh, okay. Be an asshole. I'm just answering. It's, These are yes. hypothetical. It's all yes. second to actually – God. But uh, that's that's the thing. I think it I think it could be a product of the system, but at the same time, he's been doing this, you know, obviously since high school because every one of these kids on a, on a nationally ranked team has been the best player on their high school team probably. They're either like one or two. Mm-hmm. So – they all come into college with that same mentality, and it's as they get older, as they fit in, guys are better than them, so they have to take a lesser role, and that's how it kind of filters into the NBA. So for him, best player in high school, best player on his college team, and now I wonder if it's going to be able to be something that he can kind of rein in and be like, now nah, we're going to run pick and roll and pick and pop sets all day in the NBA because that's what the game calls for versus I'm going to walk up the court and just drop a you know a 40-footer on them. Well, I think it has nothing to do with Trey Young. It's all about that. Not the okay. system. I'm going with the team. Well, that's, that's what I'm like, saying. It's, it's his circumstances. So yeah, right now. He doesn't – like if I'm on a team and I'm sitting there going, do I have a better chance of putting the ball in the hoop by passing it to you or putting up a 35-footer on my own if – I am the better chance. I am going to go with that chance. Well, let's take your scenario. That means wins the game. Let's take your scenario of the Mm -hmm. Magic. Like Dave's saying, like would that carry over to this Magic team that you're looking at with Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, uh, Vucevic, Vucevic, and then uh, Fournier? Like would that that still persist? I would say that it, it would. Like there are going to be times where, and that would be a Frank Vogel thing of like, you know what, like a shooter like that, you never want to tell him not to shoot. But it's going to be more of a, I feel like if he was on the Magic, it would be like, hey, you know what? If I'm feeling it and I want to take every once in a while, like learning himself, like, okay, when can I take those chances? When shouldn't I take those chances? He's going to have enough players there in Orlando to pass the ball to that, to me, would be a lot better than the guys he was playing with at Oklahoma. And yeah. I agree with that sentiment, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I think any legitimate coach, after watching a player walk up the court and take that shot that we're talking about this, you know, you're double covered. I think you're, he's, a, you're, he's you're coachable. It's not like he's no, not coachable. But, you know, Pop sees that and it's time out and get your ass on the bench because what the fuck are you mm-hmm. doing? Like, that's that's my concern. He is, needs a coach I don't like, know that you would encourage that. I, I appreciate that he feels the need to put everything on his mm-hmm. shoulders because that's what he's doing and that's what's necessary for his college team. But I think that he has to change his game style to fit to the NBA. See, I don't know I don't, that he can come in and be that guy who's just like, Nah, I got this coach. I don't think he needs to change it entirely because it's you look at Golden State. It would be like if if and if Steph Are you, was like Swaggy P because that's the shit that he he pulls and he's on like and he was on the Warriors with like Kurt Kurt oh, to me <laughs> Kurt to me is the guy where it's like hey you know what he's not going I'm to not, the Warriors though. I'm he's not going, going to Frank wait Magic. 
I'm not going to. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is yeah. it's all about the match with the coach. Like, right. Steph Curry put him on the Spurs. Steph Curry's not going to be the same Steph Curry we have because Steve Kerr's the guy where it's like, you know what? You're going to do that? I'm going to let the players be players, and I'm going to very, like, hands-offy where Pop is very... Boom, boom, do as I say. It's all about the system, not about you. Since Steph had a different coach, though, yeah. we, we, we didn't see that from Steph early in his days. Yeah, Mark Jackson days mm-hmm. yeah. was completely different. It was it was totally different. Yep. Coachable player. I think that it mm-hmm. wouldn't be exactly like that. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's just because I don't know who the fucking coach of Oklahoma is because I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Lon I think, Kruger. Lon Kruger. Thank you. Uh, I think it's just something where nice job, Ricky. Yeah, uh, I think with I think it's just with something with that is you saw that Trey Young was by far the best player on that team, so let Trey Young dominate because he can dominate. I think it's I think it's something where it was just more of the system and not the player. Mm-hmm. I think the player is is a kid that has his head on straight. I think it's something that he's he's probably a coachable kid, and I, I don't think he's got a, a major ego to him. I don't think any of these kids really have a major ego to him. Yeah. Uh, maybe Aiden might have. Uh, but like outside of that, I mean, Trey Young, I feel like will be able to fit in an NBA system, and I feel like he can he can learn to play with a team around him, and especially with a guy like Fournier who's been putting up 18 points per game recently, or you know, for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Gordon has really shown his ability to score. Vucevic as well. Um, I feel like he'll be able to put trust more in, yeah. in his teammates. I think that's something that Frank Vogel, if you know, Ricky's mock mm-hmm. is how it turns out, is going to be able to be taught into him. The reason why I, I want to jump to Trey Young though and, and talk about Colin Sexton is. My pick at eight. I have Trey Young going at eight to the Knicks and uh, Colin Sexton going to the Hornets at ten. The reason why I have Colin Sexton, even though I think you know, behind Trey Young in this mock, even though I think Colin Sexton's a better NBA prospect, is because looking at that Knicks lineup, you need a player that's a facilitator, you need a player that can shine in big moments, you need a player that can be a scorer next to Frank. Trey Young is more of that guy than Colin Sexton. Not saying that Colin Sexton isn't a great leader. You see, again, three on five game. You see the SEC tournament where he absolutely takes over and dominates. That's something that I, so, you know, the leader is there. I just think that you need more of a scorer. And Trey Young has obviously shown that he's more of a natural scorer than Colin Sexton. Are we ditching on Frank ever being the one? Or is he kind con- like, you do this, he is now your two guard? I would say he's a two. And okay. I think the reason why I like it is because Trey Young has shown that he's not a great defender. Mm-hmm. Frank has shown that he can be a lockdown defender, so it's kind of something where the the Clay and Steph thing, yeah, where you just, just you say. just flip them on mm-hmm. on the guard, that's a little bit worse. We're, that's and, that's the thing that I like with that that Knicks pairing, and then you also pair them with KP and you know possibly Enos as well if they bring them back. Like that could be a really nice offense. Yeah, and Tim Hardaway Jr. No, yeah. and I mean because I know the thing that we've talked about with Frank is yeah, right now we're going to have him at the two, but the Knicks are going to try to still bring him over. I mean, the to kid's the nineteen; one. he's younger than kids in this draft. Yeah. Like you got to understand that he he is not a finished player when he came over it was he was picked because this kid can lock down professionals defensively mm-hmm. he has the right motion for a shot but he doesn't mm-hmm. have the confidence yet to build up and he's got to build up his frame as well so i don't think i'm giving up on the one forever i just think that right now i'm happy that they gave in and moved him to the two where he's comfortable and i think that like you said trey young's offense and facilitation ability would fit really well for that for that Next team. Well, and if Frank isn't able to turn into the one, then you have Trey Young to fall on. Mm-hmm. And that's something where, well, well, Frank is learning and growing as a player. Yeah. And then you could possibly turn him into, you know, guards just switch off being the, the primary ball handler and the initiator. Then you can at least have a guy that right away can step in, Trey Young, and be that guy. And one thing, too, with Trey Young is we saw physical guards really hurt him. But then that could be something that you could really take away with Frank and the size of KP and his yeah. Cantor. Or even Tim Hardaway Jr. I mean, like, you can, you can. 
help him out in ways on that Knicks team. Yeah, there's a, the ability to cover up for your deficiencies. I agree mm-hmm. with you. I think that's, I think that's why a, a fair fit. Yeah. That's why I think the Knicks are a better fit for the Knicks than Colin Sexton because you need also a superstar in, in New York. When was the last time they took a superstar in the NBA draft? Chris Porzingis. No, it's no, <laughs> people, what people I hated it. That was a joke. Was a I joke loved it. I don't hated it. I don't He's know a how star many, now. Ricky. So the last one, um, it was Patrick Ewing in 1985. Um, well, no, they didn't take that. They were gifted that. Okay, yeah, that they was still rigged. selected him. Um, Ricky, real quick though, how many times have we heard Dave say? Do you know what the reaction was for that when we're talking mm-hmm. about the Chris Apps thing? That's yeah. like that's like if we had a soundboard, it would be oh, like okay. that because you say it every fucking track. St- Stephen A. Smith with the this is Phil Jackson needs to get out. He did need to get out of town, but uh, good pick for Phil. Anyways, I, and the Count Sexton <laughs> thing, I, I, yeah. I, I like the fit for for New Orleans. I think that he's well, a top I mean, ten guard though. Dude, so people, the, the fact that we had him outside the top ten last year, our last two uh, our two point was ridiculous. He the, should be a top ten. I have reason, him outside my top ten. And yeah. the reason why I put him there at ten is hey, we talked about the Hornets maybe trading. Uh, Kemba Walker. I don't think that is necessarily like, oh, we didn't get it at the deadline. We're not trading them anymore. I could see them going point guard and saying, let's see what we can get for KW. Final thing, Bulls going Miles Bridges. All of us have him going at number nine mm-hmm. with the Michigan State uh, forward. Thoughts on Miles Bridges to the Bulls? You know, the only thing I wanted to say about this, because Dave and I went into more detail about this last week, was mm-hmm. I'm going to throw our boy uh, Jake a shout-out of yeah, I didn't have Mikhail fall to the Bulls like you. Uh, I saw the I saw a Twitter message between you and Sean. Uh, no, it, that's the thing. I hate the Knicks being before because they would take Mikhail in my mock. I want Mikhail to us, but yeah, just just for you, didn't make Mikhail fall. We go with Miles Bridges. Didn't but Miles that. is a good consolation prize, right? Yeah, I say he popped off in in the first tourney game, and I think that you know he has a larger body of work to kind of see who he really is as a player. So it's not going to be a surprise to anyone what he brings to the table for this Bulls team. And I think, honestly, regardless of which bridges we land with, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Just give me a bridge. Well, it's, it's, I'll cross it. We and it, build the bridge, baby. <laughs> it's, it's the one thing where it's just you, you see the, the, the differences between the bridges. Uh, Mikhail is going to be a, an all-around great player, um, a, a defensive stopper, where Miles, I think, will be you know shine more offensively compared to uh, you know defensively. It's not like Miles is a bad defender. Right. Um, he's not great. He's not going to be locked down like Mikhail will be. Uh, but it's something where Miles, I think, could be a, a game over, a takeover game scorer. Where you know, if if Laurie's shot isn't working on the outside, Zach Levine has been Zach Levine and hasn't been great. Yeah. Um, you know, Miles Bridges can take over a game and really start putting in, you know, points. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Here's the real balls into hoops. Yeah, putting balls into hoops. Here, here's the real heavy hitter question. This is the last thing I'll leave for mm-hmm. the one through ten. Best kind of bridge? Is it a steel bridge, a stone bridge, a wooden bridge, a covered right, that's bridge? That's the Mikhail Bridge. For, uh, <laughs> our one through ten. Now we're going to move on. Thanks for the uh, it's Jeff Bridges, by the way. Uh, oh. we're, let's jump into now the 11 through 20 of our mock draft 3.0. Ricky Widmer, take it away. Well, starting off the Clippers at 11, going with Wendell Carter Jr. out of Duke. Then at 12, Kevin Knox going to the 76ers out of Kentucky. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, the guard from Kentucky, following Kevin Knox. He goes to the Clippers. Then the Nuggets at 14 going Lonnie Walker, the guard from Miami of Florida. 15, the Suns taking Robert Williams out of Texas A&M. And then the next pick after going with Troy Brown out of Oregon. Daniel Gafford, center from Arkansas, going to the 76ers. Wizards at 18 going with Chimezi Matu from USC. Spurs going Amphernine Simmons from high school. And then Zaire Smith, the guard from Texas Tech, going to the Jazz. Dave, you're 11 through 20. All right, my 11 through 20. I've got the Clippers taking Wendell Carter Jr., potentially one of the best bigs in the draft. 
This is just a big loaded draft. Uh, the 76ers going with Colin Sexton. The Clippers taking Robert Williams. And the Nuggets taking Shea Gilders Alexander. Then the Suns double pick. They'll go Mitchell Robinson and Zanin Musa. The 76ers taking Lonnie Walker. The Wizards taking Aaron Holiday. Yet another Holiday in the NBA. Going to be awesome. The uh, Spurs then going Troy Brown. The Jazz wrapping up with Anthony Simmons. Now, my 11 through 20, we have Kevin Knox going to the Clippers. 76ers taking Wendell Carter Jr. 13, the Clippers again going with Robert Williams. 14, the Nuggets going with Shea Gildas-Alexander. Or 15, the Suns going with Lonnie Walker. Then Suns back at it again, taking Jonte Porter. 17, the 76ers going with Anthony Simmons. 18, the Wizards going with Daniel Gafford. 19, the Spurs going with Gonzana Musa. And 20, the Jazz going with Killian Tilly from Gonzaga. Am I saying that right, Ricky? Gonzaga? Gonzaga. You guys got yelled at. Gonzaga. They're the Zags, not the Zogs. Zaga. Gonzaga. Gonzaga. All right, my bad. Gonzaga. My, that was a whole comment. Is they're the Zags, not the Zogs. All right, well, Zaga. Gonzaga. All right, anyways, uh, let's jump into the Suns double pick at 15 and 16. Lonnie Walker and Jonte Porter for me, Robert Williams and Troy Brown for Ricky, and Mitchell Robinson and Zana Musa for the David uh, Osters. The David. I was going to say the Suns. Uh, wow. But for David, looking at the Suns, obviously they have the pick above. Let's talk more about, instead of who they're going to pick at 15-16, do we think that they're going to jump into the top 10 with yes, those two picks? I do. Like They're the team that I think of, especially if they're 15-16 and they're kind of back-to-back. Why not try to move into a top 10 situation? Like, let's say the Kings don't like what's going on for them. The I say they've Bull- done that trade before. The Bulls need to stick exactly where they are. We do not need to move back. Bulls can stay put, but like the Hornets, what if the Hornets go, hey, you know what, we'll make that trade. Or like the Knicks, what if they move back? They're a team for me, or if they even move up to like 11 or something. Like they're a team to me that I think is going to try to move up and try to get something. Because I know we mentioned before the podcast, we were talking about this, and David said like, well, you know, volume is better. Just take as many players. It depends on the team and the situation. But, but for what, a team like the Suns? What, what they have, why not go get a guy in the top 10 that you think will be better than any two guys you can take at 15-16? But, I mean, will 15-16 be enough to move up? Because we talk mm-hmm. about top-heavy draft. This isn't really this really thins out after probably mm-hmm. around you know 12, really after Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah. Um, it, it starts to thin out, and mm-hmm. you're really going off you know potential alone. Dave, if you're the Suns, is it worth it to move up? And do you think a team will even move down? Because there's a lot of teams in that yeah. top 10 that are needy. Yeah, that's the thing is I don't know which team out of this group would be like, no, we want to double pick this year. Like the Bulls have two picks already, so I don't see them mm-hmm. moving down. The Hornets are in a weird situation where I think that they don't need to move down unless they're going to ship out people during this offseason. If they're going to move Kemba, if they're going to move another piece Batum. with him, maybe Batum. Maybe somebody else. Marvin I'm just saying they're, they're, they they seem trade heavy. If they decide to go that route mm-hmm. and they're all in on the rebuild, then yeah, they're a team that would happily trade back for a double pick. And that's the only team because like the Clippers are in a weird like retool situation where they're still somehow good after getting rid of Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 76ers don't need more picks. They've got way too many as it is for like the near future. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just in the mindset of like I don't see a team who maybe the Mavericks is the only team I can think of who would trade back, but at the same time, going from, you know, potentially being mocked like a Bamba to mm-hmm. all the way down to 15, 16, there's a jump in quality of player and potential that would be there. So that's the only team, and I'm cautious even to say if they would do it. I'm going to take the tinfoil hat. All right. I'm going to put the tinfoil hat on. Wrap that shit up. Think awesome. about this. Yep. They trade the two picks, 
and maybe maybe an extra pick maybe like next year or something, mm-hmm. not to get a pick in the top ten, to get Kemba Walker. To get if the Hornets we've talked about have wanted to trade Kemba Walker, what if the Suns go? You know what? We're all in to try to get a point guard because we just got a after big taking with the, a big at two. After taking a big at two, let's trade these picks. Maybe even a one next year because the Hornets will probably ask for it to try to go grab Kemba Walker, and then he can be our point guard. I mean, then we don't have to like if they go big and they didn't go Luca yeah. with that second pick. I think it depends on if they're. What the contract is because it's Kemba Plus is always Kemba's, mm-hmm. Kemba's the uh, mm-hmm. carrot on the rope. You know you got to get rid of that contract with it. I think Kemba is on the wrong timeline. It's the same reason they got rid of Eric Bledsoe. He he's twenty seven now. Um, your your core is Dev Booker Plus, mm-hmm. so you're going with a much younger time frame. He I would know be on a one year, yeah, and that's, that's the thing. Right. I, I just unless you could get him wrapped up long term. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I like the timeline. Yes, he would be a great add to this team and a much needed leader and point guard. But I don't know if that lines up with the timeline that the Suns, as an organization, are thinking. But it would get them out of the basement real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's they, not like, the that's craziest a, thing I've heard. Yeah, that's not tinfoil, Ricky. That's actually logical. Yeah, you, you threw me for a loop. I, like, <laughs> I, I was I expecting I, something batshit. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm so, I was thinking like fucking. Let's bring mm-hmm. back Gary Payton. Um, <laughs> I was going for the uh, Grizzlies. I figured he was going for that Grizzlies pick. Yeah. No, not that high. You know what? I, 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 I see what you mean. I, I, I wouldn't be crazy. It's it's. I think I agree with Dave just in the fact that the con, it's a contract mm-hmm. that really kills. If he was signed for three years or like three more years, two more years, I would totally see it. But it's it's just the fact that he's going to be done after that season. I mean, you have to commit money to Kemba, and then you're going to have Devin Booker's contract come up, Josh Jackson's come up. Like it's going to be you're going to be in, you're going to get real tight with that cap. Well, and so the, I, I think I think the the player fits there. I just think it's the contract that's here. The only thing that I think would have to deal with just to make the contracts work mm-hmm. is you would probably have to do both first this year and then the players would be so Kemba's contract's a 12 million dollar deal. What if they did like an okay, we've got Josh Jackson, he's our guy for the future. He's right now slotted at the 3. Dev Book would be at the 2. What if they do move a T.J. Warren and T.J. Warren? It's basically T.J. Warren for Kemba, plus we're giving you these first rounds or whatever other pick that the Hornets try to get. And then you have a starting lineup of Kemba, Dev Book, Josh Jackson, then whichever four you want to throw in in Tyson Chandler after you well he would still be under contract for next year but they're going to get stuck with either like you said Marvin mm-hmm. Williams or you know like a Batum. Nick Batum yeah. like unless, Batum is unless the one you can move. try to get that and then flip that player I'd like Batum though on that team He's not a bad player but he is like, 24 you... million 25 million 27 million how, like, how long is that track contract for? It's uh, years? the 2018 is the 24 then 2019 is 25 2020 is a No I'm just saying how long option. so like 3 years yeah, so it's a player option for the next. Okay, yeah. so he's going to take that. Yep. I don't know. So 2021 is when he's an unrestricted free agent. The, the thing is, is that Nick Batum off my bench with Booker, Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, Chris or Bender at the four, and then Aiton at the five with oh, Ken Walker as a that one. That team be potentially awesome. could compete. Yeah, it'd be awesome. But like, like the thing is, the I don't want to pay $24 million to Nick Batum off my bench. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's I think there's something there, but I think ultimately the Suns are going to stay there. They might move a pick. Maybe they like move that sixteen to get a player, uh, a little you know someone who's cheaper mm-hmm. if they want a point guard that's already developed. 
um, or you know, a younger guy like you know Moutier, how they gave up on him. I don't think Moutier is exactly, but like you know, someone someone in that vein. Hmm. Is but there? I, I don't. I, I I think ultimately they're not going to get back in the top ten. You threw me for a loop on that. Is one, there Ricky. another? Yeah. And here's maybe me thinking now outside the box. Is there another team not in the top ten that they could try to target in the same way, where it's like, hey, you give us your veteran that we're sought after, like. Kemba for the I Hornets. Mean, I think the Clippers would listen, use, but they've already got two picks. That they use. You're talking about more picks isn't good. Like, no, they if you're the Clippers, are. you don't want more picks. But I don't know what the fuck the Clippers are doing. Could okay? you? Could you imagine? They have a wizard as their as their player. Think about whatever. This. Think about I don't this. Know title now, anymore. now I've got the real tin hat going on. Wizard. The Jerry Wizard. Jerry Wizard. Work out a trade. Don't even know who it is. Don't even worry about that. <laughs> what if the Clippers were able to get both of the Suns' picks and then said, "All right, 11, 13, 15, 16. Who in the top ten wants them?" We're going for a top five pick. See, but we're that, going for a top pick. But the the, the thing is, is like, you, yeah, you got a ton of picks there, but it's about the quality and not quantity. Though. Yeah, like, that's the problem. In the top five, like, the Cavs have no reason to do that. Like, or like in the Magic, you need a star on that team. The Hawks, you need a star on that. Maybe, and the Hawks already have a ton of picks there. Yeah, they've got like three in drafts. So the, the, you're not gonna get the Suns. The Hawks because could the Suns just are redraft there. their entire team at that but, point. But it wouldn't get better. Is the problem <laughs> no. because yeah. you're. The, the odds, but on they'd taking, still be winning, Dave. I think. I think when will, they lose, they win. I think we will know more about the Suns mm. moving up when we get closer to the when, just, the, when the lotto's actually. Yeah, set. I look at those two, and I can't remember who it was, but I've gotten there have been tweets sent to like me specifically. Like, hey, what do you think about the Suns moving up to where I've actually started to think about it? I'm it was like, probably Damascus or Eric, probably or um, Statsman. Is Stats. that? Yeah, it's Eric. That but Eric? I mean, Eric Juan. Yeah, if they do stay there, though, like the clear need is there for a big. Like you need you need a replacement for Tyson Chandler. You had Alex Len. It's just like you need a true handoff moment, and that's why I, I'm thinking personally. I've got um, Mitchell Robinson going. Ricky, you've got Robert Williams mm-hmm. going, and Sean, you actually have Jonte. Mm-hmm. Like I think well, that, I have Aiton going at one. Right. So the the thing is, is that I think you know defensively, Donald, they're gonna be fucking bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But also, Robert Williams is already off the board. Mitchell Robinson, I think, is more of a stretch. Um, like, not stretch player, but like but more of a stretch. We'll uh, more we'll of a reach see, there. Yeah. Could you um, imagine, and I know in mine it's Jaron Jackson, but let's say Aiton does go to them. If they get a guy like Aiton to play the four, and then a guy like Robert, Robert Williams to be basically your grinder who's going to chase down all the loose balls, and he can be the one, then Aiton doesn't have to be... Your five, like we talked about earlier, but you also have Bender and Chris. The no, we, four. Like, you there's, do. There's so many you players still do. There yeah. that aren't good, but you know, yeah, they're, they're still developing. That's the mm-hmm. thing. Like Chris, uh, I'm almost giving up on him. Um, yeah. I don't know if he'll ever pan Basically, out. Basically, you just do the King's method of let's just draft big after big after Tell big. They just land see something. If they, yeah, just throw enough at the wall and it'll stick. That's that's why I went like I've got them going eight and you know at the. Too, but I still think that you go after a prod, uh, a potential guy in Mitchell Robinson who we haven't honestly seen enough to say this guy is a hundred percent lock or hundred percent not, but he's young and he can develop. I don't know that that's kind of where I landed. And then the other one was just Zanin because just get a light, get a shooter, get somebody mm-hmm. who really can just launch that ball. Well, the thing with that I like about Ricky's is you, you get Robert Williams there, um, and I think pairing him with DeAndre, Ayton, I, I think I think the thing is if you go Jaron Jackson, you can't go. You can't go Jaron Jackson, Robert Williams. Well, because I did. The best, yeah, the, <laughs> best thing about, uh, the best thing is about those two players are their defensive abilities, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and I know Jaron Jackson can stretch it out a bit, um, but I think like the thing is, is that is just you know uh, Robert Williams is is just strictly a defensive athletic freak. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a ton of off- offensive to his game. Um, so I, I like pairing an Aiton with 
Robert Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with my pick of the Suns, Emin going Lonnie Walker and Jate Porter, Lonnie Walker is more of a wing than a point, right. um, which is obviously not what they need. But Shea Gildish is off the board. Um, Anthony is more of a, a, a combo guard. There's not a true point guard out there. Mm-hmm. I think with Lonnie's athleticism, maybe there is that ability to get the point guard out in him. And from, I think it was, I, I looked this up last night, I think it was from January 13th um, to the college game, uh, to the, not the college <laughs> game, but to the tournament game. Yeah. Um, he, he, I think he was averaging around like five assists a game. Uh, no, it was two and a half, but it was... <laughs> It, but 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 since but since January thirteenth, Lonnie Walker put up uh, fourteen and a half points per game, uh, shooting thirty six percent from three, forty one percent from the field, uh, two point six rebounds, two two and a half assists, uh, one steal as well. I think there's also the defensive upside to him as well, yeah. um, where you know if if Dev Book is out there or you know Dev Book is off the floor, you could probably pair those guys one on one. Um, I just think that you you look at Lonnie Walker and the potential is too much. Uh, the potential's there to go away from him. Um, it, it's just. With the Suns again, they have so many picks, but they have like one specific need, and it's like you know the Suns they shouldn't go with Trey Young no, at, at two because they need or Colin Sexton at two because it's too much of a reach, mm-hmm. yeah. and then already at fifteen sixteen, there's no point guard there. Right. So like that's the thing with them is I would rather you know you just go with BPA best player available. That's go with Lonnie Walker and then Jonte Porter. I'm putting in that potential there. Six ten, athletic, big dude already. I mean, I think that this kid could be something special mm-hmm. in, in the NBA. So that's why I went. Lonnie Walker and Jonte Porter. But I think that like the 15-16 thing, and this is why we talked about moving up to the top t- 10, is that the guy that they need isn't there at 15-16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's exactly it. Because like, for me, I think I originally had Lonnie Walker or um, Gilders Alexander going there. But then after last night's game, the order shift. And it's like, yeah. great, now none of those players are available to where uh, my next guards, Simmons, Smith, and Thomas, it's like none of those are exactly what I want. For the Suns, that's why I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start it right now. The hype train. Keep an eye on uh, the Hornets and the Suns to make a deal to get uh, Kemba Walker in Phoenix. That'd be interesting. But Not I mean, the craziest thing I've heard. I, it's 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 again the contract that's that's really <laughs> holding me back on that one. Yep. But uh, let's move now to the Spurs. who are at 19. Crazy that I mean, Dave. We kind of talked about this. But, uh, we, we, I think you were the one that mentioned it. Uh, I forget what, what topic was it. Kawhi? We yeah. mentioned it. We usually uh, talk about Kawhi with D- the Spurs. Dave yeah. was ready. Dave was ready to say that the Spurs aren't making the playoffs. Yep, that was it. At some point, they were they were out of the playoffs. They're back in it, but still, uh, at 19, the Spurs are looking at the Spurs, and Kawhi's going to come back hopefully soon. We've, we've, we're hearing that talk now. Um, Apparently, look, didn't Pop come out and say that he'd be surprised if Kawhi came back this year? No. I think I, the recent tweets. Thinking, okay. Am I thinking like further back? back? Thursday, yeah. I think it was supposed to be his first game, uh, but I don't think he, he officially returned. Um, but looking at the Spurs, what do the Spurs need at 19, and is 19 an efficient spot for them to get what they need, or is that a team that again we saw them move up to get Kawhi because they loved a player? Mm-hmm. Is this a team that could possibly move up? This is a team that honestly they're a transition franchise. They're going from. The old guard of having Tony Parker, Manu, and um, like Paul Gasol basically mm-hmm. at this point is their old man core. Mm-hmm. And that was cool and all. And we all had fun with that era. But this is Kawhi. Kawhi needs a team. He's got DJ right now who is growing as a starting point guard. And I think that they honestly need to build out their depth of young players. So honestly, like if I, I could see them trying to get uh, another pick. Because this is a team where their free agency, like their last hit was definitely getting Aldrich to come. But I could see them, you know, maybe like maybe we don't have faith that we're going to be able to pull in somebody else. Let's go and maybe bounce back a little bit because 
They have scouts. Like that's a team where I'm never worried about their scouting. They could pick thirty, and I'm like, they'll find somebody and they'll make it work. Yeah, they're and, the right guy. Yeah, I say they definitely have the right guys to do this job. So I've got them going Troy Brown because having another wing who can ball handle, who can distribute, and who has an all around game, but at the same time, like nothing has been really outstanding on him this year, and it's a lot of people are disappointed because we had crazy expectations for him after his uh, last year, but. Mm. I think that he would be a great fit for this team and what he did, what he has done at Oregon versus how the Spurs play and how they really are a team oriented uh, ball. I, I guess I don't know what words I'm looking for there, but yeah, it's not one star player, it's team oriented. And that, I think he would fit right in. And with Troy Brown, obviously, he was hurt by the team around him at Oregon. Yeah. Um, you know, a team that went from the Final Four to now this freshman on this Oregon team not having. The pieces around him to really help him succeed. We saw it at, at some points him being a great shooter, and then obviously fell off. I think again the, the well, it pieces hurts when you lose. Didn't they lose Dylan Brooks? Yeah, the quality you know, they lose looks go off. They lose. They lost another guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I can't think. Your of quality that. looks go way down when yeah. you don't have shooters around you. Well, and that's the thing is is he he also was you know had the he wasn't getting the the, the open shots like he was early in the mm-hmm. season and. It's something with with him that the, the physical tools are there. Yeah, it's just is the basketball abilities there, and, and was it just the the product of a bad team? I think Troy Brown's a nice fit there, but again, I I look at this team and it's I think I agree with what you said first is mm-hmm. that they need more players, Ricky. They need you know more picks. They need to accumulate these players, and maybe they start moving some of the pieces already on their team to to get that. But again, maybe you look at the the Hawks with two picks at uh, you know twenty four and thirty. Maybe they move down and the Hawks move up to get a guy. I think that would be a total Spurs move. By yeah. the way, you know who they did lose? Hmm. Cash considerations. That's who they lost. Oh, Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell. I forgot about that. Because at first I'm thinking, like, they I knew like, there was someone Who was the other like, guard they lost, though? It was like, uh, Dylan Ennis. They lost Dylan yeah, Ennis. They lost uh, Boucher, who was uh, uh, Bell and Brooks, and then Tyler Dorsey. Yeah. yeah Dorsey. Was that the was big one. Dorsey, yeah. Um, but for me with the Spurs, like, the thing I look at is – I look at their team and I look at where they are, and in my mock, I was like, you know what? Let's go with a Simmons. I know he's a high school kid, so it's like, to me, like what you said with the top 10, I don't see an ego in this draft. Right. And I feel like coming out of high school, it's like, hey, you know what? You know, there's a high school kid, took the, the year off or whatever, the extra year, whatever the case is. Post-grad. With Simmons, post-grad, that's mm-hmm. right. Um, whereas Robinson's the one that actually it's is committed, taking the year off. Yeah. yeah. Where I might feel like Pop could be like, hey, you know what? I know younger mind. Maybe I can get him to buy into this system rather than a guy who went to college, was the BMOC, has that kind of little bit of, I know what I'm bringing to the table. Plus, you said combo guard. And I look at it and I go, do they need a point guard? Could they have someone to be the two? They just need somebody out there to me. They just need to make the right pick and not really shoot for this is what we need here. Yeah, he screams like a Jordan Clarkson. Like I was going to uh, say, did you read that CVN article? No. Oh, yeah, they, they actually did like an introspective on him. Recommend it. It's it's pretty well written. And that's what scares me is because he, for me, if you're going Jordan Clarkson, you've already got Patty Mills locked down. Yeah. Like, I, I just. But Pat, I feel like he's more of a scorer than Patty Mills is. Like, Pat, Patty tries to be a point. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. uh, like I, I, yeah, okay. I, okay. I still think that they're trying to peg Patty into it. Like, I, I see Anthony as That's more of a, a, a dangerous. No, more he, of a, he's a, a six man. He's, he's your spark plug. No, yeah, more of a Patty dangerous Mills scorer. Is trying to be that point guard role. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. they're trying to put him into that yeah, role. Yeah, That's what I was saying. Um, and be the successor to Tony Parker. Um, but I, I, I look at 
and Fernie. And I just think that you know he can be a guy that next to Dejounte who really hasn't shown that great of a scoring ability of just mm-hmm. being a great all around player. Yeah. I think Anthony could bring that at least scoring ability with him. Anthony is already off my board with the 76ers just because I think, again, if we're talking potential, Sixers aren't going to pass that up just because I look at Anthony and he's got the build, he's got the potential. It's just more of will he be able to put it all together and is it just because he's a 19-year-old going up against high schoolers that he's balling out this much? Again, he's such an unknown prospect just because we haven't seen him up against guys that are his age for the past year. And it's just really where is he at in his progression mm-hmm. and where is he as, as, as a player? I just look at him though as, as with his age and with the ability to mold him like you said, Ricky. I think that's why you know a team like the 76ers, who already have the players, already can address their needs at you know, the 12 spot. They can take a chance at a guy like Anthony. But like, yeah, I, I think with the Spurs, they just need bodies there, and getting youth like Anthony would be great. And the last thing I want to mention about the Spurs, because I don't know if we were going to move on to any other prospects or anything. Yeah, we're done. I got to give a shout out to a Spur. Oh. A former fighting Illini in Brandon Paul for yeah. uh, getting juked out of his shoes by James Harden this week. He made the team. James Harden. Uh, so he, said, him. he didn't look too bad. I looked year. at. I jersey. looked at him try to guard James Harden. Yeah, and James Harden pretty. just was like, "Sit on your ass, boy." Shout sit out to uh, Darius Paul as well. Mm-hmm. He was playing the NBA. Yep. Uh, biggest guy on the floor <laughs> should have dominated and just yep. never did. Um, <laughs> he and was I, also on Illinois too. Yeah, I had him going Zana Musa too, just because that kid looks like he can be an absolute bucket scorer like he looks dominant out there and i know the position really isn't there because that's Kawhi's position but um you know i i think that you know just knowing the spurs that could be a guy that they look after um and, yeah. and you know they could look for a bench score i mean he mm-hmm. he would help out with that role a lot and i think that would be you know perfect for him because he's not going to be asked to do a ton right away um with with, with the spurs Let's now move to just a player that we want to talk about, a prospect in our 11 through 20 real quick um, that really stand out to you, either because of the fit and the team, or if it's just to mention that, you know, a guy that you want to bring up and, and, and talk about. Who is the prospect that you want to talk about, Dave? Uh, I want to talk about Aaron Holiday. I think this is a, another holiday. I love the fact that there are three holidays now going to be in the NBA. Uh, he's coming out of UCLA. He really turned it on as the season went forward. I think he can be a good scorer, decent distributor. Um, he has a good feel for the game, and honestly, I really think that coming in, he would be able to be a comfortable backup point guard for a playoff team, and that lines up with where he would be drafted. He's not you know, a top-10 talent by any means, but what he has shown in the last month and a half, two months, is that he would be a quality backup coming into the NBA. And like again, we've seen what Drew can do. Justin is starting to get... Like he's had his ups and downs right now. He's tank commanding for us, but I honestly think had to get that benched. He got benched because he was too good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so I think that I think you go with Aaron Holiday. I think that he would be a absolute hit at backup point guard for a team with a veteran point guard like the Wizards have. I'm gonna actually ask for permission here, Sean. Can I have two? Uh, one is, yeah, one is gonna pull not, me. One is not on there, th- There's a reason though for this. Is right. the guy I want to look at is Zaire Smith, and some people might have looked at that and gone, Ricky. Why? First off, why do you got Zaire Smith that high? Two, did you mean Keenan Evans? No, I did not mean Keenan Evans. Tortilla I know boy. that Tortilla. Evans is the senior leading scorer for Texas Tech, but. Zaire Smith, if he comes out, when he does come out, if it's not this year, mm-hmm. kid's going to be special. Watching him play, I know he only had 10 points in the tournament game. Kid's going to be special. Kid's going to be able to do something. And also, like Keenan Evans, who is not on my first round, but he's another one coming out of Texas Tech, that one of these two guys, especially late in the first, maybe even the second, 
go ahead and take them. They're going to be good for an NBA team just because what they can bring, especially with Keenan Evans, 17 points per game, leading scorer for Texas Tech. Who's your second one? The second one? That was Keenan Evans. He, he, oh, he was doing double TT. I was gotcha. doing the double him because Keenan Evans him. isn't in my first round. I gotcha, gotcha. Uh, my uh, pick that I'm going with is going to be that Nuggets pick at thir- uh, 14, going with Shade Gilgis Alexander. This kid has been absolutely mm-hmm. unstoppable of late. Dave, you mentioned, I think it was about Aaron Holiday, mm-hmm. past month and two months, that how great he's been. Since January 30th, Shade Gilgis has been going off 49% from the field, 51% from, I'm sorry, 51% from two. Yeah. Uh, my bad. I saw 15 to 10. I was like, holy shit, he was shooting that good from three. But from three, he's shooting 38% from three, 83% from the line, six assists, 1.6 steals, uh, also throwing 17 points in that. Kentucky's been great. Mm-hmm. He's been great. He's showing that he's been able to well, step up. And, oh, yeah. and, and that's the thing that I like is that he, you know, coming in, Kentucky really didn't have a leader. They lost Vanderbilt. Um, they needed a guy to step up. Kevin Knox did it for a little bit. But Shake Gilders has really been the player for Kentucky that they've relied on, and I really love seeing that in prospects. And that's something that I see the athleticism. I see his length. I think that he could be a really good player in the NBA. And looking at the Nuggets, you know, they've been trying to put Jamal Murray at the one. Uh, Gary Harris is at two. But I think that at least coming off the bench right away, Shea Gilders might not be a perfect prospect to start. But mm-hmm. I think he could be a guy that can come in and do some ball handling work off the bench for Denver. And if they ever have to move away from Gary Harris, um, they can always plug in uh, you know, uh, a guy like Shea Gilders. I know they probably probably should go with more of a wing on that uh, on that side, but they really don't have a, There's not really a wing that I would be willing to take in right. that range, maybe Troy Brown, but I'm really not too high on him. I have him my sec, uh, my my 21 through 30, so that's why I like Shea Gilders going to the Nuggets, at least being a secondary ball handler that they lost in Emmanuel Moutier. Let me uh, give you this to kind of run your point home. Right now, we're recording this 4:21 left to go in Kentucky's game. Shea Gilders only leads the team with 27 points. He's Ooh. 10 of 12 from the field, two of two from beyond the arc. Five of seven from the line. Oh, and he has six boards. Love it. Love it, Ricky. Thank you for helping me out, buddy. Really appreciate it. It's like he's got 27. Diallo's got 18. Woo! And then Gabriel's got 13. Everyone else is under 10 points. Hamadou fell off. I say Hamadou, the man who. Hamadou was eight for 11 in this game. Damn, yeah, how many fell off? Out of, out of Kevin Knox only eight points in this one, four of ten from the field. Yeah, we don't need to give game. him a Kentucky update. <laughs> just, thank you for the shake, Gilders. Anything you guys want to mention before I wrap it up? I think we're all set. Yeah. Let's move into the final half of final third. third. Final third of our mock draft 3.0. I'm stupid. Uh, final third of our day, 3.0. We, we were swimming before the podcast. We were, that's true. It's a little dry right now. Final third of the mock draft 3.0. Ricky, take us through your 21 through 30. Well, starting off at 21, the Lakers going with Kyrie Thomas, the guard from the Creighton Blue Jays. Then my Bulls at 22 going Mitchell Robinson, the high schooler, who is the five. The Pacers at 23 going Chandler Hutchinson, the forward from Boise State, go Broncos. Then at 24, the Hawks going with Jacob Evans, the guard forward from Cincinnati. Then the Wolves going Landry Shamit, right? Yeah, we Shamit. were saying that wrong. Yeah, we've Shamit, been saying Shamit. Um, which you said Shamit, and then I'm like, ah, that makes sense. Kind of like shame. You're not going to say sham. Mm-hmm. It's shame. So Shamit going to the Wolves at 25. Then at 26, Brandon McCoy going to the Trailblazers, the um, 4-5 from UNLV. Shake Milton going to the Celtics at 27. Nets taking Keita Biops D- Diop, or Bates Diop. Keita Bates Diop. 
Thank you for helping me out there. The forward from Ohio State. Then the last two picks, which I absolutely love. Warriors going with Lincolnshire guy, going with Jalen Brunson, the guard from Villanova. And then the Hawks going with my boy, my whip boy, Jarius Lyles, the guard from UMBC. Who would you have the Hawks actually taken if you weren't such an asshole? Um, I believe. Ooh, who did I? I was going to be nice about asking that question, um, but who did I hit? Was it? It wasn't Jacob Evans. This is put Grayson Allen, right? No, I didn't put Grayson Allen. I can't remember who it was. Oh, well. I literally cannot remember who we it was. We can have fun with the 30 pick. I can't That's remember fair. who was there. I'll, I'll figure it out, though. Right. Probably, it out. probably not going to be a draft pick this year. I think he has one more year of LJ. Actually, I think he's a senior. Uh, so we'll see if Jerry, probably Jerry not Slyle gets drafted. drafted. But he's a kid small. I can't remember what he had there. It was a guard, though. Oh, oh, yeah, it was a guard. All right, Dave, go through your 21 through 30. Right. Uh, I've got the Lakers going with Jacob Evans out of Cincinnati. I've got the Bulls going Kyrie Thomas out of Creighton. I've got the Pacers going Keita Bates Diop. And I've got the Hawks going Chandler Hutchison, uh, the Wolves going Bruce Brown, the Trailblazers going with Zaire Smith, and the Celtics going DeAnthony Melton, the Nets going Jonte Porter, Jonte. the Warriors going Landry, Shamet. 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 Although I want to put Grayson Allen there so bad, I, it's a toss-up in my mind. It really is. I think they could go either way. It'll work out for them because they're the Warriors, and that's bullshit. And the Hawks going with Isaac Bonga. Best name in the draft. Probably. Bonga. Yep. Bunga. Anyways, um, I went 21 through 30. Lakers via the Cavs going with Mitchell Robinson from high school. 22, the Bulls going with Ellie Okobo from uh, inter, uh, overseas, uh, guard from overseas. Uh, 23, Indiana Pacers going with Troy Brown from Oregon. Uh, 24, the Hawks via the Timberwolves going with Chandler Hutchison from Boise State. Also, the Boise State angle in the NCAA tournament is cancerous. Never have a tournament again in, in Boise State. <laughs> it's so bad. Why is it so high up? It's horrible mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah. Wolves going via the Thunder with Tyree Thomas out of Creighton. <laughs> Trailblazers going with Jacob Evans from Cincinnati. Celtics going with Bruce Brown from Miami, Florida. Nets via the Raptors going with Landry Shamit from Wichita State. Warriors going with Brandon McCoy from UNLV. And finally, the Hawks via the Rockets going with Jalen Brunson from Villanova. Let's jump into it first. The Lakers via the Cavs. Uh, Dave, you want to talk about this one? I have them going with Mitchell Robinson because I think they need a big in the middle to at least start blocking shots. Losing, Jerry, uh, lose, losing Julius Randle after this year, most likely. Uh, Brooke Lopez has been nothing defensively. What? Well, defensively nothing. Yeah. He they when they actually Who? decided to play him, Brooke Lopez. No, I'm saying like I'm, I'm saying like he's not gonna be there next year. Potentially not. Um, you don't know for sure. He, if they're going after big free agents, if they don't land big free out. agents, I'm not saying he's he's probably not one of those midnight deals. They're not doing a uh an awful system, no. That that yeah. Brooke might not be there. Okay. Uh, so, and you need someone defensively there because uh, they have Zubak, but Zubak is more offensively yeah. there. Um, and, and so Mitchell Robinson at least can be there uh, defensively, possibly. Uh, we'll see what he develops into. Um, and then you guys have him going uh, one with uh, a guard and then one with a forward uh, in Jacob Evans. So what, what was the thought process with this Laker pick? Well, you're making me a second guess my pick, mainly because Robinson is right there. The, he goes with the pick after. However, what I was looking at is when it comes to Kyrie Thomas, he's more to me, I kind of think almost the same style as Mikhail Bridges, where he's a guy where he'll give me offense, but also he's going to give me defense from that two, maybe three spot. And that's where I think the Lakers can take him, say, hey, you know what? Let's go with a guy who can, he can develop into the guy that defensively, he'll be out there and it's like, okay, Thomas, you're on the one. You're on the leading scorer for the other team and you're going to lock them down because most points it's going to be, the point guard who's your leading team, and who would you rather have guard him? A developed Kyrie Thomas or Lonzo Ball? I'll go with a developed Kyrie Thomas to be my main defender for the Lakers. Uh, all right. Uh, so I've got them going Jacob Evans. I think that he fits a great need at the wing. He can play two or three. Um, 
right now it looks like you know they're going to let KCP go after the end of the year. So really, depth wise, it would be like Josh Hart, who has done really well this year. No disrespect to him, but Jacob Evans can come in and be a three and D player who can pass the ball pretty well, actually. And I think that his ability, like he's just a poor man's uh, Mikhail to me. Like he shoots volume threes, like five point six a game, I want to say, but he's hitting from a really nice rate. So basically, uh, you and I basically had them go with both our own version of poor man's Mikael Bridges. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just saying, you know, he's shooting. He shoots well. He he defends well. He passes well. I think he's a complete package for what they need and a, another good building piece. He's not, a, you know, a freshman coming out, so he's a little more experienced, and I think that will help them a lot. Well, they did it last year with uh, Josh Hart as well. Yeah, I Taking. think Josh Hart was an absolute hit, and I think they go back again. And that's one thing, too. The Lakers have been hitting. Kyle Kuzma, mm-hmm. uh, Josh yeah. Hart. I mean, like, they've, they've been drafting at that Lonzo kid, too. Uh, they've, been, they, they've been hitting well. So, I mean, like, the Lakers had a really good draft last year. It's all that um, Magic Johnson swag, baby. Yeah, just trying to get, get that going. And uh, Rob Palinka. Uh, over there, which, which was such a weird hire, going yeah. Rob Polinka as your GM, but it's worked out so far. Uh, and we always talked about putting the right guys around him. So mm-hmm. far, Magic has done that. Uh, but the Lakers, yeah, again, I, I talked about it a little bit. I think just going with uh, a guy in the middle that can possibly be a defensive stopper, I think Mitchell mm-hmm. Robinson could could bring that. And he's going to be a guy that needs some work, but this Laker team is still going to need some time to develop. Uh, or are they if they land that's two max contracts, Sean? I don't know. You're me. telling me that? No, sorry, go ahead. That they might be going with LeBron James and Paul George. Yeah, uh, but again, we don't know what what's going to happen. But anyways, they're going to need someone in the middle to start, you know, blocking shots and be a guy, be a rim protector. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitchell Robinson could possibly turn into that. Uh, let's move now to your Bulls, boys. We talked about them a little bit. We're going with Miles Bridges across the board. Going in the second pick with the the Pelicans pick, what should be the plan of attack for the Bulls? Well, depending on what we get earlier, which for me it was Miles Bridges, go with a big man. And the best big man for me on the board right now, Mitchell Robinson, because Rolo's not going to be there forever. Perfect world, we trade him next season, and then Mitchell Robinson's our five, or develops into our five, I should say, coming out of his year off, his year focusing just on the game away from college. I guess... I, if you have it laid out that way, I can totally agree to it. I think that the fit would be right for the mm-hmm. Bulls at that time. For me, I've got a little different because I love I think, your pick. I love it so look, much. I, I like, wanted it. I, I wanted like Kyrie it, Thomas because I think that what he brings to the mm-hmm. Bulls is someone who can come off the bench and continue that offense. And like I like Chris Dunn, but he is not ever going to be a scorer. Period. Mm-hmm. He is a great defender. He's a good facilitator, but he's never going to be the guy who can continue the offense if you know you don't have. A, a second out there, so I think Kyrie Thomas comes in and fits really well off the bench and just would exceed at that role. Like he would be, honestly, like we could go a couple ways, like you mm-hmm. said. But for me, I just think that backup point guard. I want that ball handled well and well, just yeah. And the thing I love most about Ky- like let's be honest, if I was going with the the Jake method for Ricky mock draft mm-hmm. of okay, Kyrie Thomas is going to the Bulls. How do I make it happen? I mean, I love how. He's got the spot-up shooting ability. He's also versatile to where he can spot up, he can go in transition, he can slash. Right. Yeah, it doesn't matter that he's not really a ball handler because guess what? We've got Chris Dunn for that. Exactly. And he's a smart guy who plays defense. Might not have the size, but he's got the strength to play at the next level. Just has to bulk up a little bit. 
And man, that that six ten wingspan, I'll take that all day. <laughs> I will take that all day. Now I have them going because you mentioned Chris Dunn not being great offensively. You talked to them about the the defensive wingspan of Kyrie mm-hmm. Thomas. Um, and 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 in your pick with uh, them going Mitchell Robinson, you going hybrid? You going hybrid on me? No, not at all. Okay. Um, <laughs> is a, a six two point guard that has the ability to score. So I was going away from Dave. If you want to change mm-hmm. the pace from Chris Dunn. Go with a scorer off the bench. Eli Okobo could be this guy. He's a 20-year-old uh, from the LNB from Pro-A um, over in France, which I think is the same league Frank played in, okay. um, if I remember correctly. But so far over there, he's averaging 13.4 points per game, shooting 38% from three, 81 from the line, 46 from the field. He looks like a natural scorer. His shot is pretty damn slick. Like mm. it, it's it's something that just comes off and fires away. He's got a pretty decent shot. Uh, not a pretty decent shot. He's got a really nice shot, and I think that it's going to be able to translate to the NBA. And again, with having Chris Dunn already there, he's going to be a secondary scorer for you coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. I know that that's probably not what you need if you're the Bulls. You need guys that are going to be starting in your lineup. But I think ultimately, you know, you can address the down low situation. Uh, you know, with Robin Lopez probably, probably leaving, leaving in free agency, I think that you yeah. should, probably should go and get guys that can be there for a long time. I think Okubo, if he's able to turn into a a score for you, I think that this kid could really shine because looking what, he, what he's doing overseas it is absolutely ridiculous. So I, I look at him and I think that he's a, a pretty athletic, pretty quick guard mm-hmm. that can also fire up some shots from from deep and, and be a, a nice three point shooter. Now for you. you hit you're hitting a soft spot with me and not a good soft spot, oh. Sean of. You got us going with an international player, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the last international player to come into my mind is the guy that we just traded. Not only did he not Because he was out, too good? No, 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 I get that. But I, the thing I worry about with the international, because usually this happens to the Bulls, ah, we'll draft you in 2011, and then I hear about him for three years. I don't want to hear about you well, for three years on the Bulls. I, think I want you to play day one. He's been playing over in, in France for two years now, so <sighs> technically he'd be like a junior. Yeah, he's uh, 20 right now, yeah. So he's 20 years old. It's mm-hmm. not like he's he's going to be like you know, he's, sitting over there. If I think. he's, I think if he's coming over. to play day one, Sean, I'm happy. If he's got to sit for three years, and I got to hear people say, hey, I, I know about this. Like back in the day, was hey. I hear about this this hey. this this morotic guy, this morotic we guy coming Nico over. Marotic, he's going to be basically like Dirk. <laughs> That's really he what we heard, and he, then like he was good. Well, but I, I mean. But he was not Dirk. Oh, I think it's Dirk. <laughs> I think it's different. I think that his his size is already ready for the NBA again. Yeah. I think his shots there for the NBA as well. Um, so looking at it, I think it's just. It, it, I think he'll come over right away. I I don't know exactly, so I, I might not be able to. Just saying, you know, my only concern that. is a Bulls fan. I, I think that you'll be fine. I mean, the the the, the European Bulls have been working out. I mean, Nocioni, uh, oh, uh, Nicola got you a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Who else is who else is there? Uh, coach? I don't. Coo coach. That's way back. Way back. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like the international players have worked out for you guys. We've so not I missed think, entirely. There's a couple guys here who are like seconds, but uh, Luol Dinks technically French. Uh, I thought he was English. Shit, you're right. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. He's still fo- he's still international. So there you go. Uh, yeah, he's from England. Yeah. No, damn. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so I, mean, I can't think of any other Bulls international players, but. Uh, at least you know, looking at it, yeah. Uh, I think I think you guys will be fine. Uh, Elio Okubo was my, my pick for the Bulls. Uh, there, finally, let's move now to the Trailblazers at twenty six. Uh, we want to talk about this slot. I look at them; they need a wing. We already talked about Jacob Evans. I don't really need to bring it to him. He's going to bring outside scoring for you. He's going to be your length. He's probably going to bring some defense for you. Yep. Uh, kind of fill in the role that Alan Crabb left. So uh, that'd be a, a nice pick for them. Uh, Jacob Evans at twenty six, kind of falling compared to you guys, but uh, I think I think 
him going there, it would be a nice spot for the Trailblazers. Yeah, I've got Zaire Smith falling to there on mine. I think Zaire, like Ricky said, he has the potential to do something. He's got the body. He has athleticism. It's just a question of, you know, as he continues to grow his game, what to expect out of him. He, right now he's not taking, I think he's averaging 1-3 a game. Um, so really nothing there to write home about. But I think he has the body and he has the tools to move forward. And I think this Trailblazers team is like, they're a co- they're like one piece away from competing at the top level in the mm-hmm. NBA. I don't know if he's going to be the guy. I don't know if you're going to strike gold at you know at tw- late twenties, but he's someone who has upside. Who at that point in time, I'm like, let's go upside. If you're drafting like twenty six, come on, let's be honest. Well, real quick, I want to I want to interject. How do we forget Paul Zipser, the European for the oh my for the God. Bulls? Anyways, Zip God, Ricky, you're going a little away does, from the, the does wing. Paul, well, and I'm thinking, like, cause I'm thinking of. Uh, internationals. Technically, Paul Gasol was, but he was a free agent. He was yeah, we did. Yeah, so I'm saying draft wise. Yeah, um, but I forgot all about the zip guy. That's because he there only plays when we're trying to lose. Um, yeah. Anyway, six man of the year. Going with yours, uh, Ricky. You went away from the <laughs> yeah, wing spot. I mean, You're going big. The thing that I kind of looked at was so when it comes to the bigs for Portland, I love Nurkic. I love Zach Collins. I love what yeah. he's been doing lately. Like there was, I know it's one play. But I think it was against the Cavs where they come down in, like, transition. He's sitting there in the corner. They hit him, wide open three-ball corner pocket for Zach Collins. I think that he's meshing there. Papa John's and really Miles Leonard are kind of, like, Leonard's good, but Papa John's like, really? Are we going to have Well, I mean, Papa John's just team? brought over. Yeah. 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 Um, but I look at that four, and it's like, I love Caleb Swanigan last year, but, like, you look at Swanigan, Davis, Aminu, let's get, let's get a guy who – Let's be honest, can either, in my mind, be a four or a five in the NBA. Let's get a big, let's see if we can get someone to solidify that four spot, because we all know Nurkic is going to be the five. Well, they gave away Noah Vonley, mm-hmm. um, obviously because they didn't want to pay for contract potential yeah. next year. I don't know why I'm saying thank you, I'm just sarcastically, that's <laughs> I what say, I think. I love Zach Collins, he gives me that Quinn Snyder psychopath vibe to him. Um, <laughs> just If you look at the guy after a game, I'm just saying, that's exactly what I get from him. Oh. Uh, but he's awesome. I, I think, yeah, I think they could try to share up the four, and Again, like you said, it's not like a risk at this mm-hmm. point because you're playing with you're house so money. Late. You're just trying to get someone to stick, and that's why. <laughs> Plus, that's if, why I like. if Dame and CJ keep going off, this pick could fall. This yeah. pick could be mm-hmm. 27, okay. maybe even like I don't know if they're catching the Raptors or the Celtics, but they could. Am I wrong? Like how? <laughs> no, far you're not I, wrong. Yeah, I'm not, no, the I Raptors probably not. I mean, they're, 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 they're not catching the Warriors or Hawks. No, but exactly. They can. They can well, get the Rockets. The Celtics, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they already caught the Hawks. The, ro- the Rockets are worried. Like they're not catching those Yeah, teams. they're at, what, 42 wins? So they're not going to catch the Raptors, but I think they can catch the Celtics, who are at 47 right now. I don't know. It's, it wouldn't change yeah. them too much, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah it would be the Celtics, one pick. the Celtics' needs are still going to stay. Mm-hmm. So, and, I mean, and Brandon McCoy, for you at least, will probably still be around. Yeah. Because the Celtics are probably going to go. The Celtics are guard. drafting defense. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, uh, those were talking about the teams. Let's go to some prospects that you want to mention. Uh, 20 through 30. Any guy that sticks out that you wanted to mention? Jalen Brunson. And the reason why is, so I put him at to the Warriors only because to me this is kind of like the, you know what, we're going to make the smart pick here. He's a guy that, like, the to me the most interesting thing about him is the story around him to where I never knew like his dad's a former player where I guess his dad because I just saw it this week with the tournament. Um, I guess his dad was cut by the 76ers and was, like, cut during the preseason, didn't make the team, and basically it's been, hey, if you want this, 
I'm going to help you get there, but I'm going to push you so hard to where you don't have to go through what I'm going through trying to make a team, like trying to just fight for scraps. Yeah. He's interesting to me because, like, the Warriors, they don't need a guy to step in and be like, yes, we need you to save the team. And he could be a good one for developing into that point, whether if Steph is injured or Steph needs a rest or he needs to take a game off. Well, the I like thing, him there. One thing, though, with them is I think they need help down low. I mean, you look at them, they, they took mm-hmm. uh, that kid from Vanderbilt. I can't think of it. Damon Jones. Uh, yeah. They took Damon Jones, and then they obviously have Zaza. But I think they and, and uh, JaVale, too. <laughs> But they, like they need Shaq some players play. that they can really develop. And Could they that's try why, to do that through free agency though this year? No, Could I'm saying they? develop. Oh, okay. yeah, develop. So that's why like you've been consistently mm-hmm. addressing it through free agency with the cap, with KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond's contract. If you're trying to keep those four together, you need to start hitting hitting in the draft. Mm-hmm. And I think McCoy, you have him going earlier than uh, I do. Dave doesn't even have him going. Yeah, uh, but I look at I him. Too. His his his. Body size is something that is very intriguing, and I think he's a guy that you can really mold. And while you have those players like Zaza, Damon Jones, and uh, and JaVale on the team, you can develop uh, McCoy, and that's really what the Warriors... The, the Warriors don't need starters. The Warriors don't no. need bench help right now. Uh, they need a freaking point guard, because Quinn Cook is not the answer. I'm sorry. Have you watched them play with Steph out? Okay. But most likely, <laughs> and now they they're not. Play with they're, Durant, not Clay, they're not playing and Steph out. What I'm saying is they're not playing with Steph out. Like, they, that's what well, I'm they saying. Are. Like, well, like it, it, when he's healthy next mm-hmm. year, hopefully healthy, you're not going to be like, oh well, we need a backup point card for Steph. Like, I think you do. Well, I mean, let's be completely honest. Like, I'm not being he's been injured most years. It hasn't been enough to cost them the title, right? But I think that, he's been out for I think some time. They might turn into like a Spurs, you know, level of. These guys aren't going to play all the games because he has that injury history. And mm-hmm. when he's out, it's clear that he is more impactful being out than having you know KD out or Clay or Draymond. Okay, but what's going to be more important for them in the playoffs going up against the the Rockets next got, year? What do you what do you think is going to be more important? Having a backup point guard, yeah. saying saying that everyone's healthy, yep. having a backup point guard, or having someone that could stop Clint Capella? I don't I've got think Jordan there's... Bell. Filling in and being yeah, a small I, five. I don't think there's Personally, any I think big. I, I don't know. I would rather go with a guy with size and, and, and Brandon McCoy. There, there's no big right now that you're going to get at the, at this pick that is going to Be change than, the needle. Yeah, yeah. Shaq and a fool or Zaza. Yeah. So Shaq and a fool. Well, that's then, if that's if that's <laughs> the case, job. then I, I would go Jalen Brunson like Ricky has. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I would rather go with someone who's our, who can come in and step in. Right, and that's why I got Landry going there as well. Sure, sure you're not going to have him go with or Grayson. Uh, you sure you're not going to have him go with like a Raleigh Atkins or a... (laughs) (laughs) Sean's hatred of Arizona right now is off the charts. Orlando Trier. Half of it's because I had him in my championship. The other half is because they're bums. There's a reason why Raleigh Atkins hasn't been in any of my... Wahoy, real quick. Watch Raleigh Atkins be the biggest fan of our podcast. (laughs) Uh, Huge fan. But... The, the, the thing is, is like I have not had him in any of my mm-hmm. my, my mock drafts because I don't see him yeah. As, yeah. as a player that's worth a first-round pick. Two guys that I just want to mention. These guys aren't going to be first-rounders to me, but it's going to be interesting to see how their careers turn out in the NBA. I like Devonta Graham, what he's been doing with Kansas as a point guard. I think that he's a guy that could get to maybe a late first, but definitely a second. And the most interesting one to me is the senior from West Virginia, Javon Carter. Yeah, a guy who can play defense, can grab your boards. He's a 22 year old kid, so he's an older kid, so you don't have to worry about like the 18 year old coming out. I think I think if they don't I go like Brunson, I think they go Javon Carter for the, the I Warriors. would like him for the Warriors. I would take. No, that's him what I'm saying. If they don't yeah. go Jalen Brunson, they can go Javon Carter. I think mm-hmm. I think it's, that's totally in the realm. 
Uh, Dave, uh, did you mention any? I didn't. Uh, I'll go with uh, Channel <laughs> Hutchinson. I just think okay. as a you know four-year player coming in straight into the uh, Timberwolves, like it would be a good fit. Obviously, the problem is spacing and is at the wing. Like we've seen struggles when Jimmy is not there, and you know Wiggins. We pray to God develops, but who knows at this mm-hmm. point? Like I think you add in him because he's a confident shooter on the outside. He's grown his game. He he is an all-around player enough to kind of give them a hand at that point in the draft. Getting someone who is a four-year player, I think, is a huge perk for them. Yeah, I, I think I'm not going to mention any of the guys in the mock draft because we've pretty much talked about everybody. Like, yeah. there's no one really new that's coming in. I mean, like Landry would be the guy that I mentioned. You know, hitting from the outside, right? Uh, really struggled in the, the tournament game, but was able to find his players. I really like his ability to at least not be only a scorer and a shooter from the outside, but his, his ability to at least pass as well um, for 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 Landry Shamet. Uh, but Talking about guys outside that I just want to throw mm-hmm. in there, you mentioned Javon Carter, Javon Carter for sure. Uh, Trayvon Duvall is definitely interesting. Cause, yeah, I he mean, could go in the one. You know, he's got talent. He's got the body size. I just I haven't seen the actual product from him. We all love Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen is going to be a pick in the NBA draft. It's just really what is he going to be able to do in the NBA. Uh, and then also throwing out uh, a couple guys in uh, Shamori Ponds uh, from, I think it's uh, St. John's. Uh, St. Yep. John's for uh, kid looks intriguing. Uh, I don't really know. I think he's most likely a second-round pick, but I really like Shamori Pounds. And then finally, last guy I want to mention, and I um, I can't find his name, Hamadou Diel. Because really? it, it, it's a guy that's interesting. Again, I know he's not a basketball mm-hmm. player, but he's an length, athlete. His <laughs> athlete, like his his athleticism is so crazy, and I think that at some point, someone in the second round is gonna be like, "Screw it, why not?" Like, yeah. like honestly, potentially, like, yeah. He, you're gonna need to teach him to play basketball. You're gonna need to teach him to really, you know, use that athleticism in the right way, but. If you're able to do that, this kid can be something special. Another guy I just want to mention that I don't know, shooting-wise, I think he's got it. I just don't know what his game is at the NBA is uh, from Kansas, Mikhail Luke. Swee Mikhail Luke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's just a guy where he's got a, like, a nasty shot to me where it's like just sit him on the outside. He's going to become a shooter, second-round guy. He's one where it's like I want to see what you become in the next level. I honestly feel he's like a he's senior. I feel like he's going to be a Ben Bentel, where uh, okay. I was real high on Ben Bentel. I don't even think he's on a team right now. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he was a D-leaguer, I think. Um, I, no, I, don't, I think he got cut. Oh, know. wow, that's that's rough. So that's just, that's the thing yeah. where you know I was super high on Ben Bentel. He's like, a problem guy. Great. Yeah. 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 Him and Chris Dunn were, were teammates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah I've, got, I've got the two guys outside are potentially both Michigan State backcourt. Like I like their backcourt between Cassius Winston Joshua Langford. Mm-hmm. I think both these guys are being overlooked because of the guys around them. But they could also fall into that like product of the environment. Like you yeah. know, we we watch five Duke guys come out in one year, and I'll go in the first round. Like it could be that situation. But I think both of them have their uh, value. Well, I love Nick Nor- Ward too. I mean, maybe it's because yeah. I don't watch so much Michigan State games. But I look <laughs> at Nick Ward, I'm like, this kid has a crazy motor. Yeah, this he kid's is big, utility. He's thick. It's just something where it's like he has no stamina and he is always falling <laughs> out. So it's like it's like I don't know what Nick Ward is. I just would love to see that kid in an NBA jersey. Ben yeah. Bentel is on the Champagne Shaolin's Rounds basket out of France's LM. LNB program. I was just about to mention he's he's playing against uh, Eliokobo. Uh, so yeah, he's he's overseas right now. So I, I knew he wasn't. I thought he. I was. I remembered he got cut because he was with uh, the Spurs uh, for a little bit too. Yeah. Um, final thing that I wanted to mention was uh, Joakim Noah has uh, French parents. So we technically, you guys technically drafted the Bulls. Uh, mm, you drafted, came from a college. You know, yeah. I know. I'm saying it, though. Yeah. Like like mm-hmm. if we're going real technical, he is French because his dad's uh, from France. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, uh, we're gonna wrap it up now. That's been our mock draft 3.0. If you have any comments, definitely leave them down in the comments below. Also, want to give a shout out to uh, 
uh, MVP Buzzweed and uh, Juice Man. The Juice Man uh, from the Outcasts. Yeah, the they're podcast. not. They're, they're not allowed in the MVP studio. Sorry, guys. That's why we're they're uh, going from Buzz Buzzweed's basement. So uh, if you do want to check that out, definitely check that out. New episode just dropped today as we are recording it. They are going to be your Bulls fix if you want to listen to them. So check mm-hmm. them out on Most Valuable Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. Also, don't forget to rate us five stars on iTunes. Check out mostvaluepodcast.com for the t-shirts. And also check out patreon.com slash mostvaluepodcast. we got to get our boy Jake on the podcast sometime soon this month. And we hope you enjoy that when it happens. Uh, Dave and Ricky, Ricky, it seemed like you wanted to say something. No, I'm good. Oh, I I'm kosher, dog. I was, I was getting a look the... from Ricky getting something. Uh, okay. Nah, I'm kosher. What you, were you laughing at? No, just just the, you're, you're, just you're an uh, idiot. I just can't believe I gave you the full uh, Randy Jackson. That nah, nah, I'm good, dog. I'm good, dog. I'm good, dog. <laughs> Anyways, that's gonna be the end of the podcast. We're Big good, dog. dog. So uh, that's gonna be it for Dave Oster, Ricky Limmer. I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.